Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Facing. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works. It's a locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals, and they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day. For listening to the Barbell Voodoo podcast, go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs. And also check out Barbell Voodoo Private Label. We just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed. That's the place to have it done. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. This is episode 61, and I am joined here um, with Corey Akers. Corey is the number one, numero uno, the greatest out of all one million CrossFit boxes in Nashville, Tennessee, the best CrossFit coach just named by Nashville Fit Magazine. How does that feel, Corey? Oh, I'm, I'm honored to be so. I honestly didn't even know that Murfreesboro was in the Nashville Fit yeah, apparently. mag running, so I, I was super <laughs> pumped about that. That's great. Yeah. So he is the owner and slash, you know, obviously one of the coaches at Rampage in Murfreesboro. Um, I've been there several times. Great place. And uh, he was also a newlywed. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. as of October, so just a few months into the uh, newlywed life. There you Loving go. It. There you go. All right, well, as we do, we start out um, on this podcast hearing about people's stories about you know how you kind of got to where you are. Um, I, I know there's a lot of people that go, man, if I could just own a CrossFit box, <laughs> I would be so rich. I would be to train all the time. I would be living the dream. And so it'll be interesting to see how you got to living the dream, right? Yeah, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, because I'm obviously a CrossFit Games champ, millionaire, you know, <laughs> traveling every weekend all over the world. Yeah, that's what it, that's what you get. Yeah, it's like free, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You just put up a sign. The people come. Yeah. Cash money. Yeah, I mean that's that's it. Um, and and really, I mean, you work out for eight hours a day. Eight hours. That is, yeah, all you do. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I'll admit there there was a point in time where I was working out. Um, cumulatively, maybe three and a half, four hours a day most weekdays. Um, and that was when. I wasn't really thinking about the business growing. I was just mm. glad that there were a couple people in there, and yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is great." Um, I've grown up and matured since then, and uh, <laughs> and I I work out an hour and a half a day usually. Yeah. Sometimes a class, sometimes my own stuff that I want to do. Um, but definitely not working out all day like most people tend to think. Yeah. So were you always involved in fitness? Like when you're growing up, did you play sports and stuff? And gotcha. how, how did you get into yeah. CrossFit even? So we're going full backstory here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Cool. Let's do it. Listen up folks. Um, <laughs> so I actually was just telling somebody, I haven't told this story in a while. I was telling one of my uh, members of the gym this the other day. Mm-hmm. 
So although my high school basketball coach was not a guy that I personally liked, Mm -hmm. um, he's the one that actually caused me to dislike the sport of basketball and to quit basketball my sophomore year. So played only organized sports I played for our school because I went to a real small school, Kalioka High School, um, was basketball. Where's Kalioka High School? Kalioka? Yeah. Do you know, where, you know where Spring Hill is? Yeah. And Spring Hill is right beside Columbia? Yeah. And so Columbia is like the main city, and Kalioka is oh. a small, small country town That's crazy. outside of that. I lived so, in Spring Hill for like 10 years. Yeah. Never heard of Kalioka. Yeah. So, well, we actually, I lived in Kalioka because my dad worked in Spring Hill at Saturn. Gotcha. So yeah. So it was yeah. just a little country town. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, our, we had four men's sports. We had basketball and baseball. Okay. That was it. Um, mm-hmm. You could play football at another school, like you went to their school to practice, but you yeah. could go to our school like as a student and play there. Okay. Um, so that was kind of weird, but I didn't do that. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I played basketball junior high, um, freshman year of high school, then leading up to sophomore season, I quit the team, and it was kind of one of those things that me and so many other guys on the team, we, we talked about it all the time because we just despised our coach. He made us really dislike the sport. Really? Um, yeah, it was, it was bad. You know, we would love going and playing on our own, but hmm. the practices, the games, everything, like he, he was just a really mean guy if you weren't one of the top five players on the team. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, however, and I just told this to someone the other day, and it's kind of funny, it's coming up again. Hmm. Um, the, the reason I still thank this guy is he was he was your stereotypical meathead bodybuilder, yeah. like huge shoulders and chest, probably easily had you know three hundred fifty pound bench, um, and <laughs> coaching he, basketball. Yeah, but okay. excellent basketball coach. Like oh okay, basketball coach of the year for our district for like multiple years in a row. Wow, really good basketball coach, but had no clue of strength and conditioning for athletes. But, and I'm getting to why I still thank this man, and that's because that was the first real introduction for me to the weight room or the gym. Mm -hmm. He -hmm. made us show up at 6 a.m. before we went to first period, and we had to lift weights. Although they... It wasn't the appropriate type of weightlifting or strength training, if you will, for sports. Yeah. But we were still having to go lift weights. Yeah. You know, we did a lot of bench press and we did lunges and tricep press Mm -hmm. downs and stuff. Um, So looking back, it's like that's not how you would train a basketball team. But even after I quit playing basketball, I still thoroughly enjoyed being in the gym. And that was because the coach of the team made us do it. And that's kind of how I fell in love Mm -hmm. with the gym itself. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that was the start to how did I get into exercise? Um, and mm-hmm. oddly enough, in Columbia, there was a 24-hour gym that my mom had a family membership to. And my mom's always been a big exerciser. My brother and my dad, not so much. Um, huh. However, even before I could drive, like at that time, I you know through my basketball coach, started liking the gym. I would go with my mom to the gym, and I would just do whatever. Okay. Um, like, so, what, like what kind of gym? Is this like a bunch of Nautilus equipment? Yeah, this, yeah. Okay. It was actually, a th- it was cool. It was a three-story gym. Wow. Um, yeah, so Harvey's Gym, Columbia, Tennessee. And okay. it was your, your basic Globo gym, if you will. Yeah. Um, the very bottom, like the basement, it was all of your free weights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really know what to do down there at the time. Yeah. The middle floor where you walked in from the parking lot, that was all your cardio stuff. And right. then upstairs was a bunch of machines and whatnot. Um, so I would just go in there and kind of mess around. I don't even remember exactly at the time what I was doing and how I figured out what I was doing. Uh-huh. Um, but I liked going <laughs> to the gym. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, so that was... 
that was kind of my initial mindset of, I want to do something in life with this stuff, mm-hmm. with a gym or fitness or training or whatever. So, so that was kind of what kickstarted it all. Okay. So then what, I mean, what happened next? Um, you got done with high school or whatever. Where, where did you? Yeah. At yeah. Kolioka? <laughs> yeah. Kol- and and then, you, then you did what? Like, did you just go away from the gym and then suddenly be like, I remember a feeling I once had. No. When I, um, like, what? Well, so funny thing, it was, so the high school I went to was actually all connected kindergarten all the way through high school. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. And they call it K through 12. I don't know if that's actually even a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because, you know, usually they're separated, you know, at least a mile down the road is like the high school. Then there's the uh-huh. junior high or whatever. But no, it was all of the same campus, if huh. you will. Um so the local community college, Columbia State, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we joked around, we we called that 13th grade because it was like, all okay. right, nothing in your life really changes. Like you still live at home with your parents. You can keep the same part-time <laughs> job. Like sure. you're yeah. still in the same town. You just now are attending this different school like across town. And, um, and paying money. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. So many people uh-huh. did that. That was just kind of... It's what happened. You graduated, you know, twelfth grade, and then you went to thirteenth. What we joked because you know everyone did that. Um, so, uh, ironically, my brother did that for two years because a lot of people would go and get their associate's degree uh-huh. and then whatever. Well, did they have the whole like um, first two years free if you went went there at that point? Or? I no, I don't believe so. Because now it's a thing. Like oh, you can it? go to like community colleges now and get your first two years paid for oh. if you meet a, a certain requirements or something. So a lot of people are still doing that, like especially around here, going to like Columbia State or something like that, or okay. Ball State, and yeah. uh, getting their first two years in of getting their a lot of a lot of this stuff and save a ton of money before they oh, wow. they go and have like their college experience. You know, yeah, kind of I thing. But, don't think it was like that at the yeah. time. Um, but what was very convenient, so my brother was two years older than me, or is, he always will be two years older than me. Yeah, yeah it'd be weird if yeah, you caught him. Yeah, he <laughs> was, and then I caught him. <laughs> no, so, so my brother had already put in two years of college at Columbia State as I was graduating, oh, okay. and, and I had kind of already decided, I'd had a few times where I'd been up to Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. um, I decided I didn't want to go the community college route, and I sure. wanted to go to a bigger school, and I wanted to move away. Mm. You know, I spent my whole life living in my parents' house, and... That was kind of my brother's plan after his two years, so it worked out very well. Right when I graduated, he was done with two years at the community college, so we were both able to move together. Oh, cool. Get an apartment together, and he started his third year of college. I started my first at MTSU, mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to do something in the world of health, wellness, fitness, but at the time, as a 17-year-old kid, I didn't even know what it had existed in college degrees. Oh, yeah. So sure. then when I discovered MTSU had this thing called exercise science, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like it's up the alley of what I want to go into. <laughs> yeah. There's exercise and science sounds cool. So let's do that. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I was not the typical college student that spent like one to two years bouncing around like, am I going to be a business major? Am I going to mm. do marketing? What am I going to do? Um, yeah, it definitely seems to be the norm now. Yeah. 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 So I went straight in. I was like, all right, I want to do this exercise science thing. You know, what prereqs do I need? You know, mm-hmm. so, so from the start, I knew I wanted to do that. Um, spent six years doing that, four years undergrad, then got my master's degree in that. Um, and along that time is when I learned about CrossFit because okay. I didn't come into college even knowing CrossFit was a thing. So uh-huh. college was what, 06? to 2012-ish, somewhere in that time okay. frame, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I hadn't heard of CrossFit at all, mm-hmm. starting college. And buddy of mine, Michael Foster, he was in the military, and I assume that's maybe how he heard of it. Okay. One day at MTSU's rec center, he was like, hey, man, you want to try this CrossFit workout? And I was like, <laughs> this what? So kind of what I had been doing was your typical bodybuilding stuff. You mm-hmm. go to the, mm-hmm. the rec center, there's everything yeah. you can think of as far as machines go, and there's dumbbells from two pounds up to 100. So you're just doing your basic bodybuilder stuff, and then I would play a lot of basketball and intramural sports. Oh, cool. So I played a handful of different intramural sports. So I thought, you know, I was fit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and something else, even prior to my buddy asking me about doing this, I really enjoyed doing workouts that looked like professional athletes. I remember right. there, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Outside the rec center, like in the side parking lot, they had a couple big tires and. Mm-hmm. I think I asked someone one day, like, hey, can I flip those? They're like, yeah, whatever, go for it, because <laughs> nobody was out there doing that. So, yeah. so, like, I would go out back behind the rec center, and I would flip these big tires and jump in and out of them and run back and forth, uh-huh. because it just honestly just felt cool. Right. Like, I enjoyed doing it. And then instead of, like, ever— Flipping I, tires is cool. It is. It still time. is to this day. Yeah. And, and just so the masses know— Tire flips come up in CrossFit workouts about once a year. <laughs> and I say that because for some reason it's still a thing. You tell someone you do CrossFit and they're like, oh, that's that thing where you flip tires. Yeah. I'm like, no. I've actually never been to anywhere that's actually programmed them. Yeah. I, we we have like eight tires at Rampage and maybe they show up once a year. And that's usually <laughs> that's usually like after a workout on a Saturday when it's like, hey, let's do this because someone was asking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so at the time I was legitimately flipping tires and then uh-huh. like I, I also had never really gotten into like endurance stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I hated running, still do. It's the devil. Uh, yeah, um, it's the worst. But I would run sprints and then walk okay. back to the start line and stuff like that because that's what athletes did. So, mm-hmm. so I did some of these things that felt more athletic. I played a lot of basketball conditioning and I did a lot of bodybuilding type stuff with zero intentions of ever doing a physique bodybuilding show, um, even though some of my friends did. Um, okay. And I know this is kind of off topic, but when people train like that, something I like to ask them is, you're training a very specific way that people train because they want to stand on stage and compete in the sport of bodybuilding. Yeah. Do you have intentions of doing that? Mm-hmm. And almost 100% of the time, the answer is no. Yeah. And my follow-up is, well, then do you think there could be a better way to train? Because <laughs> Because people train this way for a reason. Oh, yeah. All right? Yeah. It's, it's not to be fit and healthy. It's because they are competing in that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I was training at the time in college, along with you know playing some sports and whatnot. So coming back, my friend Michael, he said, you want to try this CrossFit workout? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm super fit. Mm-hmm. I do all these things. Yeah, I want to try it. Um, so we went upstairs to the cardio room, which this is funny. Have you ever seen one of those stretching cages it's like yeah, a half cage, yeah, yeah. and it's like metal bars going every which way. Um, I wouldn't even know how to explain to some if they haven't seen it. but It's crazy. It's yeah. one of those things you have to study for a while to figure out what you're supposed to do. And then when you do something in it, you're still going, I don't think this is right. Yeah. And people are kind of looking at you because no one ever uses that thing. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, a half thing. cage shape. And if you're my height, you can stand inside. If you're your height, you got to yeah. duck to step <laughs> yeah. inside. But... What you can do with it, because it's it's all metal and it's super solid, is you could do strict pull-ups on the okay. front yeah, yeah. edge of it, right? Um, so they had one of those in the corner of this cardio room, which also contained a Concept2 rower, of which I'd never used in my mm-hmm. life, and mm-hmm. a bunch of treadmills. 
So my oh, buddy, yeah. he was like, let's do this CrossFit workout. Cool. Let's do it. What do we do? He was like, all right, so we do it as fast as we can. And I forget, it was either three or four rounds. The number of rounds is irrelevant. What is relevant is that I did not make it to the final round. Okay. It was run 400 meters, mm-hmm. row 500 meters, 12 pull-ups. Oh. And it was three or four rounds. And okay. I'm like, okay, easy day. I like run easy for day. <laughs> I like run for a minute or two on this thing and yeah. I row back and forth and that looks easy. And then I do pull-ups. And you know, coming from what I'd been doing, pull-ups, it's like, yeah, you do 10 in a row every time you do them, mm-hmm. but then you don't realize it, but you're taking multiple minutes of rest between. Yeah. So yeah, this thing happens and like we had to do a staggered start on different pieces because there was only one rower. So I I don't remember exactly the order, but I, I know after two rounds and having to break the pull-ups up like a ton, I was not doing 12 at a time. <laughs> I mean, there was no kipping. This was you're trying to do them strict and yeah. you got to bend your knees because this little thing, I mean, uh-huh, it was like super uh-huh. short. Yeah. So after I was one round prior to finishing and I just stopped, I got off the rower and I sat on the ground. I was like, that's it. That's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I was smoked, like, and it, it, I, I didn't quit in the fact that, like, oh, this is dumb, I quit. It was like, you know, when people are like, I can't physically do anymore. Right. Like, I have to stop right now. Yeah. That was me. So I I assume he finished it because he had a lot better conditioning than I did. Um, yeah. Things were just a little more fuzzy for you at the yeah. time. So. <laughs> so looking back, like, yeah, that could be a hard workout, but it, it doesn't sound bad knowing what I know now, you know, yeah. a, a decade later almost. But I wouldn't want to do any, any of that. Yeah. Um <laughs> But looking back, I, I recall that being my first experience, and I had these stereotypical, like, that sucked. Let's do it again sometime. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so from there, I, I didn't immediately, like, start doing CrossFit. Um, mm-hmm. I fast forward a little bit of time. I ended up getting an internship in Florida. Oh. So this, this was for my... This was for my undergrad degree. So you could okay. either you could either do... I don't remember if it was a thesis for your undergrad or if that's just a master's thing. But either way, you could do this big paper or you could do an internship. And I was like, well, I'm going to do the internship because that sounds more fun. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I also, I wanted to travel somewhere. I wanted Mm -hmm. to try something. It was either going to be the beach or the mountains. And I ended up getting Mm -hmm. an internship with the Verizon Wireless Health and Wellness Department in Tampa, Florida. Huh. So, so basically, that was a thing. Yeah. So, what that looks like is if you have Verizon and you have to call support for some reason, mm-hmm. like you got you got some issue, you got to call. You're not going to be talking to someone that works at the Verizon store you bought your phone at. Right. There are these huge, you know, multi-story built office buildings, and hundreds of people work there, and they just answer phones and and deal with angry customers all day long. Yeah. Well, yeah. sounds awesome. Not yeah. There's one in Murfreesboro, um, but so not all of them, I don't believe, but most of them have a gym inside it, like a lot of corporate offices do. Yeah. So my internship was in the gym inside the one in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. So small little area, and they had a bunch of treadmills and all of your basic, you know, cable system machines, and then your pin selector machines. Yeah. And then there was another tiny little room with a bunch of spin bikes. But when those weren't in use, they all got pushed to the side, and you could go in there and do like burpees or something okay Um, so i go down there i get my internship i moved to tampa florida which was supposed to be three months ended up being five months because my boss at the time when i moved down there she was pregnant and when she went on maternity Mm -hmm, leave mm -hmm. they're like hey we need an extra body to help out can you stay for two more months and i was like i got nothing going on i yeah let's do it Mm -hmm. um 
So during my five months down there and before my boss went on maternity leave, she was heavily into CrossFit. And every Ah. time it was time to work out, she'd be like, hey, do this CrossFit workout with me. Mm -hmm. Now, understand we didn't have the equipment to do CrossFit. Right. We had a short barbell. It was like, it wasn't even a women's training bar. It was a regular like men's size like handle or grip. Um, So I guess like 28 and a half millimeters. But it was like a really short bar, and the sleeves were really short, so you couldn't load much weight on it. And we only had some metal plates. Oh wow! So, yeah. like, and I didn't really know what power cleans and deadlifts and stuff were. I had squatted, but that was about it. Um, so there wasn't a lot of me learning how to do it. it was, mm. She was just like, "This is the workout. This is what we're doing." I was like, "All right." Like she wasn't oh. teaching me. Um, and then we would do box jumps, if you recall, like all the little. And like step aerobics, the little plastic mm-hmm. disc you stack yeah, up, yeah. two columns of them. But like the, the Reebok top. step things. Yep. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we would do our box jumps on. Um, the ceiling was just barely tall enough to jump rope without hitting the tiles because it was just like oh, gosh. office building height. Uh-huh. Um, so she would just completely smoke me in every CrossFit workout. And Pregnant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> glad, you, glad you reminded me. <laughs> So, you know, at the time, like for me, it was just like, do I have six abs that I can count and how big are my biceps? And if you can look at me now, you can even look back at pictures of me that I've never been like a large guy. Mm -hmm. I've been lean with a little muscle, but like no one would ever be like, oh, that guy lifts weights. Like, Mm. but that's all I was concerned with back then. But then she got me, you know, doing this CrossFit stuff and I was like, this is fun. I remember the first time I ever saw somebody doing double unders. I was like, what are those? Like, that looks impossible. Uh-huh. Um, so anyways, after the internship was over, which I don't even remember my month, so I'm not going to try to recall the calendar, but I came back to Murfreesboro and I told myself I was going to get a job in the fitness industry because now, you know, I'd had my bachelor's degree. I did an internship. Yeah. Like, I'm a pro, right? Well, not really. But anyway, so I didn't want to go back to working at Lowe's. I was actually at Lowe's today. Love Lowe's. Great place. That's where you should get all your hardware equipment from. Um, So I didn't want to go back to working at Lowe's, but I came back and I was looking for jobs. I was looking for jobs. I was looking for jobs. And when you go to school for exercise science, one of two things happens. They either push you into the endurance realm of things or the medical field. Right. Um, Not a lot of people end up doing like sports performance training, at least out of MTSU at the time. So I can't speak on behalf of all colleges. Um, So I I didn't. (laughs) This is true for everyone in the universe. (laughs) Everywhere. Um, But so I didn't want to go into like the cardiac rehab side of things. I didn't have any interest in the endurance world. Um, So finding a job was hard. And it's like, all right, well, do you become a high school strength coach? Do you go train celebrities on a tour bus, which that that was an idea and I thought it was cool, but how do you get into that? Like you've, you've got to have like a cousin that's a celebrity or something for sure. Um, which I didn't still don't. Hmm. Yeah. So, so anyways, I almost got a job at the, then this is going to be a fun story at the Smyrna town center, town hall, whatever it is. They, they have this really old like public gym and there's some racquetball courts so i got accepted to be like the wellness coordinator or some stuff there at this really old gym but it was it was in the fitness realm right yeah it was a gym it was better than going back and working at lowe's Uh, (laughs) sure so, so they accepted me for this and i was in college but i was not of age to drink yet Mm -hmm. but i went out celebrating that i got this first official job in the fitness industry Went out, celebrated. That night did not go well. Got pulled over, and 
Yeah, so it didn't end up going on my record as wasn't it didn't get a DUI I got reckless endangerment for okay. driving and having been drinking but I was very close to my apartment and I was super nice with the police officer what I think I was 20 at the time oh um, yeah and this was literally the day after I got like accepted for this yeah. job hadn't even worked there yet well they had a background check I had to do the following <laughs> week and I was like oh well nothing's going to come up cuz this just happened like it's probably not going to process on my record for a week or so so I should yeah. be good but since it was through like the Smyrna Town Center or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was like I guess considered a government thing, yeah, there was like a zero strikes policy or whatever. It showed up on the record, and they were like, "We can't give you the job because uh. of this." So I got this job. I went out and celebrated because of the job. Uh-huh. Got pulled over, and then because of that, they denied me of the job. So uh-huh. now I'm back to square one. I'm like, all right, well I guess I'm going to go back to work at Lowe's. All right. So I went back and worked at Lowe's <laughs> for a few months. But then, and this is kind of where the whole thing ends up starting. Um, I got a job in downtown Nashville. It's inside the old Cummins train station. Yeah. Huge building. It's on the corner of 10th and DeMumbrim. There's a gym in the bottom floor of it. A lot of people don't know that. It's Mm -hmm. called Go Performance and Fitness. Mm. If you're ever around, go check it out. Super nice gym. So I got a job there as like a personal trainer slash front desk member slash, you know, clean the bathrooms when we need someone to clean the bathrooms. Yeah, head lackey, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. The gym was super cool. Uh-huh. And so envision a huge rectangle, but then like cut a little section off the back of it and like make that a separate room. Mm-hmm. Well, that separate room was an affiliated CrossFit gym. Really? I don't know if they still are, but the name of it was Go CrossFit. Oh. So the gym was Go Performance and Fitness, and they had a CrossFit affiliate, and this was in 2011, I think, and it uh-huh. was Go CrossFit. Ah. And even the gym itself, the the owner of the gym, he was very performance-minded. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had your basic machines and treadmills, but then like the gym was littered with like kettlebells and ropes and bags and like all the cool stuff, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, this is like fitness heaven. So I would just like every day be pumped for my lunch break because then I would work out yeah, and, yeah, and I would sure. get to try all this cool stuff. Well, from... So you know, was it like, just because it was affiliated, didn't necessarily mean it, like, did it have all the equipment? And yeah, 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 Like it was decked out, right? Yeah. Oh, so okay. in that back room, it was like everything you would need in a CrossFit gym, right? There okay, were squat yeah. racks, there were pull-up bars, there were ropes, there were rings, oh, nice. there were bumper plates, uh-huh. kettlebells, boxes, everything. But it was a really small room, so like you get you get six people in there working out with barbells, and it is crammed. Yeah, and it was a weird shape. It was like so it wasn't a rectangle. It was like if you took a Tetris piece that looks like this, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So a rectangle would have been ideal, and it was not a rectangle. Um. Anyway, so my job there was personal train people that came in, mm-hmm. and what was really cool was I was the only male trainer. There were a couple of other females, but since I was the only male. A lot of people they would come in requesting a male trainer because you know some yeah. some people walk in there like I just need a personal trainer, mm-hmm. but some people would be like I'm a dude I want a dude right I don't sure. want a girl telling me what to do which not everyone but some so I would get a handful of clients just because I was the only guy there. Uh-huh. Well, what I found myself doing was I started doing CrossFit more and I'll tell you how that broke down in a minute. Um, so. All of the people I was training, I found myself and them enjoying their training session more if I had them do more CrossFit-type stuff that I had learned by uh-huh. being around the CrossFit side of the gym. Uh-huh. Um, so so I was realizing, like, 
this is really beneficial. Like mm-hmm. this type of exercise, instead of saying, hey, go sit on that machine, do 10 reps while I count to 10, yeah. and then we'll do the next one. Um, so while I was there, and this was neat, I've not heard anyone else say that they've done this. Um, I, it was a cool setup because, you know, I could do whatever training program I wanted because mm-hmm. that gym had everything. Even oh, nice. though it was small, yeah. it had everything, and it had, you know, really nice locker rooms and bathrooms, and it had bumper plates, and it had treadmills. Um well, coming into that, I was still kind of like, I had dabbled in your CrossFit ever since that first story I told, um, but I never went like full on CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I just kind of messed around with it. But when I joined or when I started working there, and obviously that's where I was going to do most of my working out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I decided, okay, I'm going to do this two week alternating split. So on week one, I'm going to do CrossFit twice a week and I'm going to do bodybuilding three days a week. Gotcha. And then the next week, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to do CrossFit oh, okay. yeah. three days a week to get a little more CrossFit, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to do bodybuilding twice a week. So that was my plan. I drew it up. I was really big on writing everything in paper notebooks. Um, yeah. So okay. I was like, all right, this two-week alternating bodybuilding CrossFit split, best of both worlds. I'm going to be super fit. This yeah. would be awesome. And at the time, I didn't even know. The CrossFit Open had not existed yet. Okay. Um, so the CrossFit Games weren't really a thing. I mean, they had happened for you know a couple of years, but it yeah. wasn't a big deal. Um, so it, it wasn't comparable to what it is yeah. now. Yeah. So, so I wasn't training for that. I was just like, well, CrossFit's really fun, but I can't give up bodybuilding because that's how you have to work out, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, <laughs> that whole training split thing that I drew up that was going to be like the best program in the world, it lasted for exactly two of those weeks <laughs> and week three turned into I'm doing CrossFit 100%. Okay. So from there, all of my clients, I was training their yeah. workouts were all CrossFit, even though there were personal training sessions, mm-hmm. everything was for time. Our lifts were, you know, five reps or less. How mm-hmm. heavy can it be? I was teaching them how to swing kettlebells and do power cleans. Oh yeah. Um, they were like, what in the world just happened? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was so much fun. So it was myself and then also my girlfriend at the time, she mm-hmm. got a job there as well. And we both lived in Murfreesboro, but we were working out in Nashville. And there were only two other CrossFit gyms in Murfreesboro, okay. which still exist. Um, so there were only two, but neither of those gyms had a owner slash head coach who was doing CrossFit as their full-time gig. Oh, okay. Because if you've yeah. been around CrossFit long enough, you remember how it started. It mm-hmm. oftentimes started like... I'm doing it in my garage, mm-hmm. and then maybe I'll open a place. Or there were a lot of, and this was the case with these two gyms, there were a lot of firefighters or mm. military or police, law enforcement, whatever, that they kind of just ran it on the side yeah. with a very limited class schedule. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how both of those other gyms operated from my understanding. was One of them was a police officer, mm-hmm. and he ran across a gym sort of on the side. One of them was a firefighter, different gym, ran that kind of on the side. Uh, again, back in 2010, 11. First so, responders. Yeah. They should, they should have had like some kind of clash of the responders or right? something. That would yeah. be fun. And now they may have had a full class schedule or something. I didn't know. I wasn't really looking at it. I had my yeah. job in Nashville at this cool training facility, and I was super excited. Um, so I decided I was going to go I was gonna go back after a semester off and get my master's in exercise science. And mm-hmm. while doing that and also working at this place in downtown Nashville, my girlfriend at the time and I, we decided we should open up a CrossFit gym in Murfreesboro and go. It was it was kind of more my dream than hers. She was just along for the ride. And gotcha. my plan was, I can do this 
like 100% go all in and that'll kind of be like my thing over the other gyms is I'm not like putting half of my time and energy into you guys that are going to be members of my gym Mm -hmm. and half of it elsewhere. I'm going to open this up and this is going to be my career and I'm going to have to do everything I can to make sure it succeeds Yeah, because it's going to be my livelihood. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was going to wait until I was done with my degree or my mm-hmm. master's. Yeah, your master's. Yeah, and, and then open it up. And as we all do, we've probably all been victim of looking at something before we can afford it, whether it's a, mm. a bicycle or a pair of shoes or a car. Yeah. But you know, with the internet, you can look at it and you can read all the product reviews mm-hmm. and you can get really pumped about this thing. Well, for me, that thing was renting a warehouse. You know, at this point in time, I'd never owned a brand new car. I'd only split rent in an apartment with three other dudes. Like, yeah. I had no yeah. clue how much it cost to rent a warehouse. And yeah, I didn't know. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do to open a business or to, to affiliate as a CrossFit, you know, business or anything. Um, but I knew it's what I wanted to do. And I was just eager one day to mm. see, like, what does it cost to, like, get a warehouse and me be in charge of it? Yeah. So, I get to looking around and I start getting a really good idea of how much it costs to rent a space about the size that I would want. And I say I because although my girlfriend was interested at the time with it, mm-hmm. we we're going to do this together, it was more so my thing. We ended up separating about a year after the gym opened and then that was the end of that. And okay. it's been, you know, Corey Acres then um, as far as opening up Rampage. But so I'm looking around and I'm finding the price of warehouse space on, you know, the not most appealing streets in Murfreesboro, yeah, sure. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this sucks. I can't afford any of this. I don't know that this is ever going to happen. And then I came across a, no, I didn't even come across online. I I somehow was driving around looking at places because I had gotten so excited about it. I'm like, well, I wonder what else is out there. I'm just going to yeah. drive around. So I come across this building that's for rent, and I go and I go to the little office and I find out how much it is, and it doesn't make sense. It's so cheap, really, compared to everything else I found. I yeah. was like, it should be in this same ballpark, you know, kind of like if you find a car like that, it's like probably yeah, a this lemon. Is too good to be true. There's yeah, something wrong with it. It was a drug dealer's car. I don't know. Yeah, um, there's people's blood yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I just can't see it. So. So I had a, a friend, um, Stephen Baker. He was the an original starter of CrossFit Middle Tennessee okay. way back when. I think he opened up in 2009 or 10. So he was one of the first CrossFit gyms in uh, the Nashville area. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Stephen and I were good friends, and he let me do some training at his gym. I did a little CrossFit at his gym. Um, and he had a, I don't know what you call it, a commercial real estate agent, Um so I got a hold of him. I was like, hey, man, I'm looking at these properties. Mm-hmm. I might open a gym in Murfreesboro. I found this place. It sounds too good to be true. Can I ask your opinion? He's like, how about ask this lady's opinion? That's her field. Oh, so I wow. get a hold of this lady, and I'm like, hey, you know, this is who I am. This is what's going on. Would you mind looking at this property and seeing, like, is there something fishy? Mm-hmm. And so something I learned, which did not end up being the case, was, you know, oftentimes, yeah, this is the price. You sign it for a lease, but that's only your first year, uh-huh. and then it goes up. It's like DirecTV. Yes, right? They get you. <laughs> so, so she looked into it, and she was like, 
there's nothing wrong with this place. There's no catch. There's yeah. nothing like no red flags. Like it turned out that that company, the landlord that owns that building, they own so much property in Murfreesboro mm-hmm. that they just they didn't need to ask a lot for it. Like they, I guess they okay. just make enough money. Their yeah. properties aren't even listed on a website at the time. They probably are now, but so I was like, all right. I should do something about this. So right, yeah. one thing led to another, neither here nor there. Me and the girlfriend at the time, we pulled some strings. And next thing you know, we're renting this 3,500 square foot warehouse. <laughs> and I'm I'm figuring out how do we buy some equipment and get this thing going mm-hmm. while still getting my master's degree in Murfreesboro and working in Nashville, yeah. training people and didn't yeah. put this on top of it. And for the last three semesters of my master's degree, I was a graduate teaching assistant, oh. so it paid for my college, mm-hmm. which in most in most of the uh, fields at MTSU, as a GTA, you're like grading papers and assisting a professor. Like You're right. just kind of sitting off to the side. But in the health and wellness or exercise science field, you are the teacher. So I got, oh. for three semesters, I had multiple courses of which I was 100% in charge of teaching beginning weight training and personal conditioning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm teaching that. I'm getting my master's degree. I'm working in Nashville. <laughs> the world. And I'm like, let's open a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Seems right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so it, I was fortunate that my girlfriend, she was able to run a bunch of classes when I had to lead a class at school mm-hmm. or work or, you know, study for school. Um, so anyways, once once I told my boss in Nashville, I was like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm opening up a gym. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. Got that off my plate. So then opened the gym, graduated school a semester later. And then from there on, and that was what, I guess 2011, July, mm-hmm. 2011. From okay. there on, it was it has been 100% CrossFit Rampage taking, not taking, but using all of my thoughts and time and energy towards making that successful. So oh, wow. that was the long story of how that came to be. So is it is that where you currently are today? No. That first, okay. No. All right. Um, I am one mile down the same road uh-huh. on the opposite side of the road. Okay. Easiest move ever. Yeah. Straight road. Um, yeah, so sometimes in business, and I've, I've discovered this, if you see an opportunity, you got to take it, but then also sometimes maybe not so much. Mm. So. The dream of every CrossFit owner early on was you have to move to a bigger space. And now a lot of gym owners are smarter and they open up in a large enough space. Right. But back in the day, it was the story usually went, I started in a, you know, my home garage and Mm -hmm. then I moved to a small space and then eventually a bigger space and then eventually the space I was going to stay in. Right. Well, I've only had one move. So I opened in this space that was 3,500 square feet. I was on a, what was it? I guess it was a three-year lease, but then I extended it by one year. So four years in, we had not outgrown the space. So it did not make sense as a business owner to move because I still had plenty of room to add more members. And we had a shower and two bathrooms and an office. So it wasn't like a bad spot. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of parking, two garage doors. Like it it was fine. But kind of similar to when I first got into it, I was getting that itch, and I started looking around. (laughs) Just down the street, under the same landlord, this building came up for rent. And I was like, well, I might as well go look at it. So I went and looked at it, and it 
had a lot of potential. And I say potential because at the time there wasn't very much warehouse space, mm-hmm. but there are a ton of offices. And as I'm touring it with not the actual landlord, but one of the guys that works at the company, I was like, hey, do you think they'd let me knock out a bunch of these offices? Mm-hmm. Thinking the answer would be like, let me get back to you. He's like, well, hold on. Gets out his phone, calls the owner of the company. He's like, hey, you know, if Corey, which I've already been renting from them for yeah, four yeah. years, so they know who I am. If Corey rented this space, could he knock out some walls? And the answer was, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. And I was like, well, cool. So my rent went up like almost overnight once I agreed mm-hmm. by $2,000. Whoa. And I didn't, Whoa. I did. I wasn't banking, you know, $2,000 in savings every month. So like I it was not a smart business decision mm-hmm. to say, all right, cool. I'm kind of getting comfortable in this 3,500 square feet. Let's go ahead and move to 6,000 square feet and basically double our rent. Yeah. And I made it happen. I can't exactly say how, but the building was much nicer. It, really? Yeah. I, I had more <laughs> space. Um, because that seems nuts. I mean, it, I, that seems like th- that's uh, that's dumb. Yeah, it, it was dumb. And yet, it was a dumb. I, I I almost talked myself into making another dumb business decision like two weeks ago because the two building weeks ago. <laughs> the building beside us just uh-huh. came up for rent, and I was like, oh. "What if I rent that one also?" Uh-huh. And I run a kids program and massage and chiropractic out of this one that I can touch. It's right yeah. next door. Yeah, um, but. If I give a piece of advice to any business owner, it's to have a mentor mm-hmm. and to talk to them often. So I talked to yeah. my business mentor once a month. Right after this building came up for rent, coincidentally, like two days later, I had this call already scheduled mm-hmm. from a month prior. So I get on the phone with my mentor, and I'm telling him all about it and all these big ideas. He's like, no, that's an opportunity you should probably say no to. I'm like, okay. So I, I didn't even pursue that. Yeah. The building's still for rent. Like I see it when I pull into the spot every day. I'm like, I'm just going to let it go. Um, yeah. So yeah, I made it happen. And so maybe you just need to get some friends that want to do that kind of thing. I've thought and about get that. get them to yeah. take the heat on it. Yeah, that, and that'd be great. And then we can yeah. have like a little thing going back and forth there. But um, So yeah, now we're in a bigger space. Mm-hmm. I would still like a bigger spot, not because I want to have CrossFit classes of 30 people at a time. I mm-hmm. don't think... CrossFit should be that, um, yeah. but I'd just like to have maybe room to have like a big, like some type of class going on over here, and then also a CrossFit class going on over here, or... Oh, yeah, you could stagger classes yeah. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, right now, so this will happen often, we'll have a full CrossFit class of three or four people in our open gym doing their thing, working uh-huh. out, you know, uh-huh. lots of heavy weights and stuff, and then I will be leading a one-on-one foundation session kind of in the middle of yeah, that sure mm-hmm. and it works like you know it, no one's like in each other's way but for a brand new person coming in to do foundations a little overwhelming yeah. yeah and if we had like a separate area or if we were just a little more spread out mm-hmm. it would be nice um but that, that's further down the road like where we're at right now is great um so yeah we're, i'm not making any more dumb business decisions anytime soon <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> we covered a lot right there. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot. Well, let's take a little break, and cool. then we'll come right back. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Go on by NutriShop Franklin for all your personal needs. You need supplements? They got it. You need your protein? They got it. You need a pick-me-up? You need to drink a bang? They got it. So go check them out in Franklin in the Cool Springs area. When you stop in and you see Kyle, say, hey, 
Jacob said, you got some good stuff here. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed because they have unrivaled customer service. So go check them out and tell them you heard about them and the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. All right, welcome back. We're sitting down still with uh, Corey Akers. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about um, the competitions. You you are known around here with your competitions. Um, you kind of it, it feels like you have two extremes uh, of the two competitions you're you're most known for. Um, one is a completely scaled competition, which, which is unique. There's not um, really many of those uh, that happen. I, I think I only know of one around here, and that happened after I think probably yours started. Um, and then uh, there's this Christmas throwdown. That's apparently for the most incredible athletes in the world. Uh, no, that, I'm just joking a little bit, but the people who talk about it and say it is it is not to be messed around with. Like it is a tough competition um, with some great athletes that are part of it, and, and apparently you, your programming is, is something that gets talked about a lot as well of what you come up with, of what the athletes are required to do and participate in. And so, um, I'd love to hear uh, first. Let's talk about the scaled competition. What do you, what do you say about that? Yeah. Um, so I've I've had a a beef with scaled divisions in CrossFit competitions for a long time. And the the problem there is every scaled competitions division, or I don't want to call it the scaled competition, because usually it's a bigger competition. All of the spotlight is on like the elite or RX or whatever division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like, oh yeah, and the scaled guys are going over there on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so every scaled division has always been self-selected as uh-huh. in like, I'm signing up for this competition. I have a 300-pound clean and jerk. I can snatch 215, and I run a 400 in under a minute. But it's my first competition, so I'm going to go scaled. <laughs> but then, you know, you beat everyone. And no, yeah, those are not yeah. my numbers. I can't do those things. Um, <laughs> uh, but but then what you oftentimes see... I've, I've seen those people, by the way. Yeah, and I, I've, I've competed against them. I've seen this way too often, especially like in the female category. Like... There will be a female who's like ridiculously fit, but yet she still hasn't got her first ring muscle up. Mm-hmm. So because of that, she's like, well, I can't do the RX division. I don't yeah. have muscle ups. And it's like, well, there's maybe one workout with muscle ups or maybe the workouts aren't even released and you don't even know if there's muscle mm-hmm. ups, mm-hmm. but you've already decided that you're going to go scaled. Yep. And regardless of what the winnings are, if it's just like a trophy or you actually get prize money, like it still isn't fair for that person to do the scaled comp and win. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is like, really? Like you didn't belong here. Um, Yeah. Well, it was like, okay. Experience last year at, uh, at talent, not talent OPEX who does the two to tango every year, partner competition. Um, the guys who won the scale division, great athletes, the the thing that kept them from going into the RX division was ring muscle ups. Yeah, or program exactly. And like we just can't do ring muscle ups. So everything else proficient. Yeah, is all so good what? Um, and so they won. Yeah, um, the thing and it's just like I mean I get it. Like I understand where you're coming from, but like that's that's tough for the rest of us. Yeah, you know, who are clearly scaled people. <laughs> yeah, and you know years ago that wasn't a thing. Like if you wanted to compete in CrossFit, like there weren't multiple divisions. You yeah. if you couldn't do it, then you just participated in the other stuff, and you just kind of sucked at what you couldn't do. Like, mm-hmm. and that's how it was. So, so I I was looking at it from I would really like to host a competition where the spotlight was only on that scaled competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It wasn't going to be multiple divisions. And man, props to anybody that's running multiple division competitions because mm. the logistics to run just a single division, which is all I do, yeah. um, is a lot. But to yeah. run like, and the people who nowadays they're running like teams where there's like male, male, female, female, male, oh, yeah. female, mm-hmm. masters, kids, scaled, RX, and let's throw an elite in there. It's like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> you just, you got like 12 divisions now or mm-hmm. whatever. So, anyways, I wanted to have one that was one division scaled and i needed to come up with a kind of like qualifying or a application process to where the people who participated they were the right people mm-hmm. and i'll still admit that i haven't found a perfect way to do it but i'll explain there's not gonna yeah be th- there's not going to be um unless there was some super long like actual qualifying process with videos and stuff but most of these people aren't going to be that concerned about doing mm-hmm. it. If you ask them to do all that, like they're just going to not do it. Right. So I wanted to come up with a pretty simple way that I could sort of like analyze the people signing up and see did they actually like deserve to be in a scaled competition. Right. And now I'll go ahead and, and preface this with the people that win, and even those that come in second and third, they have to be borderline scaled RX. Like somebody has to win, right? Sure. And what I usually tell the winner is, I don't want to see you back here next year. Right. And right. Yeah. You and I did this last year. I yeah. was I was in that, and and I remember what you were saying at the beginning. You know that there's going to be a winner, yeah. and that winner is going to get dogged no matter oh, yeah. who it is. That yeah. oh, that person shouldn't have been here competing in that. Yeah. You know, regardless of who it is, yeah. that person's going to get blacklisted. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so so what I do, and I. Think maybe Cole Martinez took me up on this one year. I can't recall exactly, but I like to give the the podium discounts towards our competition six months later. That okay. is the RX competition, the Christmas Throwdown. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm saying like, hey, let me help push you over the edge of getting out of scaled. Yeah, you've won one. I'm going to give you this massive discount to participate in another one at this same location in six months. Um, because I mean, people that just continue winning scaled competitions, I feel like they just they get used to it, and you yeah. shouldn't. You I should. feel like there should be like once you've done it, maybe a couple times. Yeah. like you just need to go on. You know, yeah. like, not not in a bad way, but you like go right. go up to RX. You know, just yeah. start competing there, start working on the things you need to work on. You know, yeah. and it'll be fine. You know, it, and I, I do tell people that there will be folks, usually the ones that are you know maybe already in their mid forties or fifties, or they picked up CrossFit late, like. They may do the scaled comp every single year, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to question it. Like, yeah. not everybody graduates out of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're 23 and you win it, then like, let's not come back. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you need to, you need to go on. So, so that that process that I came up with was basically, I want to I want to ask someone enough questions about their fitness metrics, like mm-hmm. how fast can you row 2k? What's your friend time? What's your deadlift? What's your hell in time? Like all of these things. And I want to, I want to cast a wide enough net of questions that mm-hmm. if you've been doing CrossFit for at least a few months, you should have answers to some of them. Probably yeah. not all of them, but most people have tried Murph. Mm-hmm. Most people have rode 500 meters, you know, some of these simple things. Yeah. So I came up with, I don't know what it is. I think it's 20 different categories, something like that. that seems right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I say, Hey, go fill these out. And I'll get back to you. Now, mm-hmm. this is the tedious process. Because with most competitions, you just say, like, here's the registration form. Fill it out and pay me money. Right. But with this, it's here's the registration form. Mm-hmm. Or not registration, sorry. Here's the application form. Fill it out. 
then I'm going to have to go through with a fine-tooth comb and look mm-hmm. at every single one of your numbers, and then I'm going to get back to you, and I'm either going to send you the link to sign up, or I'm going to send you a as politely worded as possible email that says, you're too good to participate in this competition. Yeah. And I do have to send out a few of those every year. And sometimes it's just very blatant. I'm like, I see the numbers. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. why'd you try to sign up for this? Um, But here's what I will do. And a lot of people might not know this. If someone's very borderline, because mm-hmm. I, I have set numbers yeah. written on a paper. And if you are over that number, you fail that category. Okay. Uh, let me break that down a little bit. So, Let's say all the strength numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the overhead squat number is 185. So if your overhead squat is more than 185, that's a fail for the overhead squat. Mm-hmm. Well, if over all of the strength metrics, if you fail more than half of them, then you fail the strength category. Okay. Now, of all the categories I have, if you fail over 50% of the categories, mm-hmm. then you can't come in. Okay. So some people are very, very borderline. It's like, all right, they yeah, they failed the overhead squat, but yet they're or maybe they failed the deadlift and the back squat, but their overhead squat's really bad. We know how that looks. Mm-hmm. Um they can clean and jerk two seventy five, but their snatch is one fifteen. And <laughs> yeah. then their their MRF time is and it's fast, but they can't do a muscle up or a handstand push up or, or whatever. Sure. So you, so when that happens, and I'm unsure, I will look up the gym the person goes to because I have them fill it out on their mm-hmm. little sheet, and I'll call the gym. And a lot of the gyms, oh. a lot of the uh-huh. gyms, I already know the owner. But yeah. if it's like a gym I don't know, like I'll let them know who I am, what's going on. Sure. And I'll just straight up ask them. I'll be like, "Hey, so Jacob from Trivium signed up for this thing. Tell me about him. It's yeah. a scaled comp. Do you think that he's scaled?" And I'll get very honest feedback from that owner, sure. and it's happened a yeah. lot. Um, I actually had one guy from CrossFit Brigade in Chattanooga, which mm-hmm. we were just speaking about how awesome their new gym is. Um, the kid had like, I don't know, 25 plus rounds of the workout Cindy, which anything over 20 is a lot. Like you're mm-hmm. definitely not scaled if you're doing that yeah. much. Um, and then he had like a, in the 30 minutes time frame, Murph. Oh. I'm like, oh my God, this, there's no way this kid scaled. Yeah. Um, and his strength numbers were like, average okay so i i called the gym and i talked to emily and i asked her about this guy i can't even remember his name but she was like oh yeah when he started crossfit he did he loved doing murph he did it once a week for like the first (laughs) first like two months he was at the gym i was like oh god she was like yeah eventually we had to tell him like hey dude like go pick up a bar and stop doing like pull-ups and air squats so also hence why his cindy score was Mm -hmm. so great Mm -hmm. so I let him in the competition because, you know, he probably clean and jerks as a dude, like a buck 50. Yeah. Which, okay, cool. You're scaled. Uh Right. Um, So it's been great. Like, you know, I had a hundred participants, you know, sign up one year. I'll cut it off because I don't want to have to go through 200 people if I'm only going to let 80 come in. Right. But I'll cut it off and I'll go through and see like how many are we going to let in. Mm -hmm. And then if there's a bunch that got denied, then I'll invite more people. Um, and every year, there's just a few. It's gotten better, mm-hmm. um, but there's usually a few that like they don't belong at all. And there's a few I have to call and ask. Um, but the main, the, one of the other reasons I wanted to do that was think about this. Okay, how many people are doing CrossFit? Like, period in the world, and we don't need numbers, but just hypothetically, how many people are doing CrossFit? Okay, cool. So a we lot. have mm-hmm. a massive number. All right, 
how many of those people actually like the competition side of it? Like they enjoy looking at their time on the board. Did I beat my buddy? Yeah. Most of them, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so now we've got a, a little bit smaller number because some of them don't care, but most of them do. Okay, of those people, how many can actually sign up for an RX or greater competition? Now the number's very, yeah. very, very small. Mm-hmm. So even just locally in Middle Tennessee, you have an abundance of people at every CrossFit gym that doesn't have a competition that mm-hmm. is specifically for them. Right. There are divisions of competitions they can sign up for. Sure. But yeah. the spectators that are there, they likely aren't there to see them unless it's like their significant other or their mm-hmm. mom and dad. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's a huge pool of people to reach on this. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And we're going on year five, is it? I mm-hmm. think four or five. Yeah. Anyways. So that's awesome. Yeah. Every year, the crowd is amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone says great things about it. The vendors that come out, they say it's one of their favorite competitions. Um, and you don't see, you see the competitive side of people, but you don't see anyone getting like mad or upset that someone beat them because yeah. everyone's there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually put on the back of one of our shirts two years ago, recreational CrossFitter. Because that's what they are. I like that. Very few of these people are training more than four days a week. And Mm -hmm. most of them are just doing their class at their gym. Right. So now they got a competition they can look forward to doing if they're, you know, in the middle Tennessee area. Mm -hmm. Or if they're not, they want to drive, they can. But you got to apply. You got to apply. You better do it. I don't know if you have to pass or fail. I still don't know how to word it. Like, you passed or you failed because you weren't too good. I don't know. But so so I love hosting that competition. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, okay. Here, I thought we'd talk about this. Let's. All right. So one of the things you threw out last year was double unders and pull-ups being something that were going to be the new standard for scaled yeah. things. All right. So here, here's here's my take on things. Okay. And you can put some words around it from your <laughs> from your side. So here here's what's happening across CrossFit. Okay. Like CrossFit gets uh, more elite, more. Uh, you know, people are better, like what, 10% every year is what, yeah. what they kind of say for yeah. at least the games and, the, and other the, athletes. The top end, yeah. yeah. But everybody else is kind of following. Right, like, right. So all the local competitions are getting harder, like hence ring muscle-ups in the partner competition oh, like, yeah. uh, at OPEX. And so um, so with that, the scaled is also edging up as well, yeah. where we've had pull-ups. Like I just did um, like a Masters not long ago, Battle of the Barbells, had the Masters yeah. and Teens. Um, which was really cool, and and so I did the scaled masters there, and one of the things was pull ups, yeah, um, which you can scale, and you just get put below people who do pull ups. Um, some other competitions have had um, various things where they've thrown in if you can do rope climbs without your legs in scaled, you get more points. Oh. Which I thought was totally unfair. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be in I there at all. <laughs> but with that, are are we moving the scaled division to a point where we're no longer attracting or having the people who are truly the scaled people be having it accessible for them. Like, are we going to move past those people that like, I want to compete because I enjoy it and I love it, but like, I'm just not that level and I don't want to be the guy standing there staring at a bar Yeah, either. Yeah. You know, like, um, what do you think about that? It's really, it's a hard question to answer, but I, I almost think that there's like maybe a separate division evolving um and that you know there used to be and i can even use the battle of the barbells for this it used to be the top level was rx'd right and then it became that wasn't good enough 
mm-hmm. for the top level. So that kind of morphed into RX and Elite. Yeah. So then there's this scale division, and like you said, everyone's trying to push, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, so then as a programmer, you got to ask your question, all right, like, who am I trying to get? Like, right. I'm not trying to host a competition for the person who, the guy that can't throw a 20-pound medicine ball, mm-hmm. he can't swing a 53-pound kettlebell, and he yeah. can't jump on a 24-inch box. Like, I still want him to right. compete. Sure. Because you should be able to do those things if you're just, you know, even remotely fit. Mm-hmm. But I'm not asking you to do, you know, the crazy gymnastic skills or the really, really heavy strength lift, strength training. Um, but the problem comes in then like, okay, well, then where is the line? Right. Because if you're going to have, if you're going to have, I don't know, 115 pound power snatches for a low number of reps. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that person have the strength to do pull-ups? And here's kind of where I'm at with it. And I'm trying to kind of like silently give a public service announcement. As in, <laughs> if you if you want to compete in CrossFit, even yeah. if it's at the scale level, and your strength numbers are this good and your 500-meter row is this fast, but yet you can't do double-unders or pull-ups, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm not saying shame on you. I'm just saying, like, go focus on those things. Right. Right? Sure. Um, and Well, at least one of those you can yeah. put time into to achieve. The double under yeah. especially. Like, yeah. if you can jump a rope, you can do double unders. Sure. Like, I'm tired of it, people. Go practice. Yeah. I made a little short podcast just for the members of my gym last week, and uh-huh. I said, if you came to the gym three days a week, five minutes early, uh-huh. and you practice double unders. In one month, you will have acquired one full oh. hour of double under practice. No. How much better would you be? This reminds me. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we had someone on this podcast. We were talking about double unders. Uh-oh. And I don't remember if it was on the podcast or, or a later conversation, but she said that you have a secret about double unders. <laughs> Is that true? Do you have a secret? I mean, the I mean, best, you don't just share it. I don't. I don't want to expose you. The best coach in Nashville. No, I can't use that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, what I do with when coaching people is, I try to break it down as much as possible. Okay. And I look at any one little thing they could be doing wrong, and then the secret is, take as much time as you need with that person. So I know who you're talking about, and she said she had had people help her, but I got her problem not necessarily fixed, but greatly improved in like 15 minutes. Yeah. So it came to my attention that nobody just spent 15 minutes of time with her. Mm -hmm. They may have gave her like one or two like cues, and if that didn't work, they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't have time anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's okay. it's about timing and then the basic stuff like can you bounce up and down on your toes without your heels hitting the ground? Is your rope the right length? Is your does your mm-hmm. rope weigh too much? Is it the right weight? Yeah. You know, let's get those things ironed out first cuz sometimes that might fix the problem. And then just spending enough time to let this person figure out like how yeah. to do the movement. And the, and that's the deal, I think, you know, especially with my experience with it like I I've, I've been chasing them for yeah. for forever and uh which means that I would practice them occasionally in class when yeah. they came up. Right. Um, <clears throat> and what happened was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we started having them programmed every week. Yeah. At Trivium for um, the last progression we had. Um, 
this progression I haven't I haven't paid attention to because it's, we've only been in it one week and yeah. and I haven't uh, and I had a competition so I was <laughs> I was focused on other things. No, that's fair. Um, but that's when it all clicked for me when yeah. it was consistent practice. Um, that that's when it it's just, I mean it's just time. And yeah, it, I mean it's a little rhythm and there's other little things like I have a great rope and, and like yeah. you know I bought a bunch of ropes you know some of them are hanging over here yeah um that were guaranteed to have double unders but they didn't <laughs> um so i finally got one you know momentum um and they have double unders yeah i mean yeah. it came with it it, it was did free. it did yeah. i actually asked when i when yeah. i showed up at, at the, and they said yeah yeah absolutely yeah shipping and handling is included and double that's right. unders that's right it's all in the package it's yep. all right there yeah but uh but yeah i mean you know it started clicking when when i actually put time and effort into it yeah i um, i jokingly but kind of seriously tell the members at my gym like you can blame it on the rope for like three months yeah like after that like okay now is that three months every time you get a new rope uh well we do have some people that you know like (laughs) i think believe that because a month in they get a new rope because there's four ropes hanging right over there (laughs) Uh, none of those have double unders no those don't those are retired single unders only um so yeah, I I think that the double under should be a skill that even the scaled athlete can do. Yeah. The pull up is a really tricky topic because yeah. it's they probably can't do toes to bar that same person. Mm-hmm. So I usually leave toes to bar out, but you kind of want to put some sort of hanging from the bar mm-hmm. workout in the scaled division. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we had a minute bar hang buy in on yeah. one of the workouts you had this yeah. last time. Yeah. And I think almost everyone did it for the whole minute. I was yeah, like, oh, I was like, actually sh- super shocked yeah. that I did. It, it shocked me that so many people did, which I was really excited about. Um, so I just wanted to expose them to like, are you even hanging from the bar very much? Um, but with the pull up, we, you know, we've tried different things and no matter what you do, if there's going to be like multiple options, someone's feelings are going to get hurt. Oh, if, yeah, you, sure. if you say like, oh, well you can do jumping pull ups, but you got to do like twice as many. Or mm-hmm. um, I think even one year I said, you can use a band, but you, if you don't, I think Cole was in it that year. And mm-hmm. I was like, if you don't need the band, you don't have to use it. And frankly, like, I'm going to be faster without the band if I can do 10 in a row and it right. calls for 10 because I don't have to fiddle with getting my foot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you break yeah. them up, like, it's, yeah. it's a time waster. And, yeah. and the, the big thing there is like, you just have to make the executive decision to make a rule and stick to it. Mm-hmm. So you got to tell everyone on the front end, no secrets. Like, yeah, yeah. if you use a band or if you don't, it counts the same. So if you're that dude that wants to use a band even though you don't need to, like, yeah. cool. But in CrossFit, chances are that's not going to happen. Because mm-hmm. here's what I like. The person that's at the scaled competition that can do pull-ups, like, they have them. Mm-hmm. They're so proud of that. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to use the band in front of all of these spectators. Uh-huh. They're going to be like, yeah, watch this uh-huh. and not use it. Um, So that's really the the trickiest movement of mm-hmm. all that I might select a program is the pull-up. And mm-hmm. I still don't have a perfect answer for, like, should they be in there or should they yeah. not? So you said something about, like, maybe a, a potential other category that may need to be invented at some point. Like, what what do you mean on that? Do you mean that, like, like as far as, like, do a scaled, which would involve maybe toes-to-bar and pull-ups and then maybe have a beginner's? Or do you mean something different? What yeah, you- I mean, if you, if you went even further towards the beginner... Like, go even okay. more that direction. Yeah. And it's like, you're programming on purpose, like, box step-ups, just leave the pull-up bar out of it altogether. Yeah. Single-unders, everything's really light. Nobody's getting upside down. There are no gymnastics rings. So, for the person that, like, 
maybe they're a little older or maybe they're so brand new and yeah. they really like CrossFit, but they want to do a competition right now. Uh-huh. They want um, to get one of those t-shirts yeah, that they can yeah, wear to work out in. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. want to post on Instagram about it. Um, so, so there for anyone that's listening to this, that you want to host an event at your gym, like there's a market if you do like a super scaled competition. Yeah. I mean, you could be cool. You could do like toes to rig. Like you could yeah. do like all these cool scaled things. Oh that yeah. Still are, very taxing. That's a core workout right there, doing toes to rig. I mean, yeah. Stuff like that. Exactly. That, um, that'd be cool. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not going to go that far that way because sure. my, my statement to those people that would maybe fall into that category is like, hey, let's just practice and get, you know, six to 12 months under your belt, and then you can do this scaled competition. Yeah. And if you're a girl, you're going to jump on a 20-inch box. You're going to swing a 35-pound kettlebell. Like, mm-hmm. those are just kind of the norm. Like, right. I, but you still don't have to do like muscle ups and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It it's kind of could be like we could just keep scaled as it is, and then mm-hmm. say, all right, then there's RX, and RX is an elite. But I don't know. It's it's yeah. foggy. Yeah, I mean it's tough, and I, I don't know if there's like a good answer there's for not. it. Um, but I think it's like for me. I, I mean, I've done CrossFit for for quite a while, and I didn't. You know, it took me years before I decided to take my nutrition seriously. Yeah, and and so like. For years into it, still not being able to do like double unders and like yeah. pull ups. I mean, still pull ups. I still have not done a strict pull up yet, and that's all right. Um, but I can do some kipping, which you know, Greg Glassman would be really pissed at me for saying that. Ah, whatever. Um, you know, and, and but I still like when I get toes to bar, like I still kind of smile. And yeah, I do them one at a time, uh, and that's fine. But I do them, and I'm like, you'll see that. What's up? Like, yeah, was anybody <laughs> yeah, recording? Up? Can I get yeah. that video? Yes. We had. I was. I was coaching one day, and uh, one of the guys that. I work out with or whatever. Uh, he, he knows I get kind of excited when I do toes to bar. And so like one of the moves was toes to bar. And he was like, oh, we need to see an example of that. Uh, could you demo that before us real quick? I was like, gladly. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yes. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. So, all right. So you have that. And then you transition. You have the, the scaled competition. And then six months later, you do the it's called Christmas Throwdown. Is that do I have that right? Yeah, I'm making that up. Okay, yeah, so it's good. it's it's the CrossFit Rampage Christmas Throwdown. Yeah, and after we did it for one year, the name became a little long because then it would be whatever number year. So our upcoming year's ninth annual CrossFit oh, Rampage Christmas yeah. Throwdown. So nothing against CrossFit, the franchise, the brand, whatever. But I I'm kind of starting to brand Rampage, okay. right? Like, we are CrossFit Rampage. Yeah. That is the gym. We're CrossFit through and through. Like, all my clothes say CrossFit Rampage. Like, everything's CrossFit. But I'm trying to brand Rampage. Mm-hmm. So now, like, just in conversation, in talking about it, in typing it on the internet, I'll just call it the Rampage Christmas Throwdown. Sure. And anyone that's looking for it, they're doing CrossFit. Like, so yeah. it's kind of just an understood thing. But yeah, so this year coming up. I'm glad you shortened it. In I full. agree with this message. Yeah. yeah uh, it, it was too much to put on the front of the shirt. It's way too Ninth much. Ninth annual CrossFit Rampage Christmas Throwdown. Font's and then too small. Presented by Paleo Works. Barbell, like, it's just yeah. too much is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and while we were still on the scaled comp, last year the temperature was out of control. It was terrible. Oh so, my god! It's only because that rain came through yeah. and all that humidity happened. Yeah, oh. and and our building, since it's brick on three sides and double insulated or whatever, like it holds even more heat, I mm-hmm. think, than most CrossFit gyms. So this year, it's already almost February. We're either doing it in April or May. 
Oh, cool. It will yeah. not be June, July. So we're moving it up a little bit just for mm-hmm. weather alone. Yeah. So anyways, there's That's that. great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So back to the, the Christmas throwdown. Um, yeah. So this will be our ninth year doing it. Quick backstory on that. When I opened the gym, there was not a CrossFit competition being held consistently every year in the Middle Tennessee area. Um, Stephen Baker's mm. CrossFit Middle Tennessee had hosted a Oktoberfest, I think. And I, okay. it may have even been like in a parking lot. I might be wrong. Um, and I think like 2009 or 10, mm-hmm. but I opened the gym in 11. And one of the big things that appealed to me about CrossFit was like the competition side of it. Yeah. It was super cool. Um, mm-hmm. my first year doing CrossFit was the first year of the CrossFit open. So I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I was like, well, there's not a gym hosting it. We opened in July. We hosted our first CrossFit competition in December. Oh, a wow. couple months later. Yeah. Um, and it was big. Like people from Nashville came, the mm-hmm. couple gyms from Murfreesboro, I think a handful of people that were only doing it in their garage. And it was such a big deal and I love doing That's it so cool. much. Yeah. Um, some people might not even know. I participated in it that year. And ran it? Yeah. Um holy cow. Bad idea. Yeah. For numerous reasons. One, because people talk so much shit about like, well, you know the workouts. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't even come in the top five. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> I didn't win. Just because I beat you doesn't yeah, make <laughs> Exactly. Um, but in in my defense then, what I would tell the person was there are so few CrossFit competitions. Yeah. Like at the time, it was just like a big party. Like, hey, let's invite all these people that are doing this thing out to throw down. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss the party. Right. I'm going to compete too. So, my girlfriend at the time, she helped me organize and run it mm-hmm. while I was competing. So, it was like, wow. no, no kidding. Like, when my heat wasn't going, like I was announcing, I was making sure like everyone was in place and mm-hmm. the equipment set up. And back then, it was just a nightmare because it was our first time. Um, and sad- there's a lot to figure yeah. out. Yeah. And sadly enough, some competitions today are still ran like that. It makes me cry. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, so yeah, that year I competed and it was a lot of fun. And along with people saying like, Oh, Corey competed. He shouldn't have, he you know wrote the workouts along with that. And knowing like how hard it was to be in both places. I was like, well, that was cool. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Um, so here we are, you know, eight years later and it's, the most stressful four weeks leading up to it, mm-hmm. but it's like, and along with executing the scaled throwdown, it's like the most rewarding thing ever to organize an event and then see it happen mm-hmm. and all the pieces are moving in the right spot. It's like when a puzzle oh, yeah. works, like yeah. it's really a beautiful thing that unfortunately most people I don't think are ever going to get to do in their life. And by that, I don't mean run a CrossFit competition. I just mean simply organize an event that maybe a couple hundred people are going to, mm-hmm. you know, spectate or participate in, yeah. and then watch it executed seamlessly. Yeah, it's such a cool. It's thing a work to do. of art. Yeah, yeah. Um, so every year, I'll go through these like this little emotional roller coaster of like, oh, it's like this many weeks out, and we don't have enough people signed up, or like. I don't know if we're going to you know, be able to pull it off or are we even going to be able to afford the t-shirts because we don't have this many people. But then every year it ends up exceeding my expectations and yeah. blowing my mind. Even this year, like I will wholeheartedly admit, I was just kind of coasting this past year mm-hmm. on the fact that we had a reputation. Everyone knew about it. We had been, we still are, and no one can beat us now unless I stop the longest annual running CrossFit competition in oh, Middle cool. Tennessee. Yeah. Because, you know, we started it 
and there wasn't one. Yeah, because it's the we, ninth, right? We had a year, right yeah, nine yeah. years in a row. Um, Battle of the Barbells is, I think, coming up on seven years, maybe. Mm-hmm. So they started two years after us. Um, but anyways, even this past year, like I was just like, oh, I don't feel like dealing with all of the stuff that goes into it. I still want to run <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really advertise and market and promote it. Like one year, I sent out flyers and emails to like every gym owner in the mm-hmm. world. Not really, but. This year, I didn't really do much for it. You did some social media stuff, though, right? Yeah. Like, they were in there, I think I remember a video and stuff. Yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool looking. Yeah, there, there were some. Yeah. Um, shout out to Andy Tomlinson for doing that. Excellent photographer. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. If, He's great at everything. If you need any <laughs> fitness-related pictures taken in or outside of your gym, event, yeah. competition, call up Andy. Shout out, Andy. Um, you can just also go over to H-Dubs and see. Yes. <laughs> he every, runs all their stuff. Yeah, every <laughs> single Friday. <laughs> every Friday, they have Fitness Tip Friday. And That's that, right. that video is all about... What Andy's so well of. done, so it's cool, so well done. Um, where was I? Uh, longest running, longest running. Oh, so yeah, so we didn't. So you coasted, yeah. So we didn't do a lot this year, and by we, I mean I. Like the, it's kind of my baby. I have a lot of people willing to help, mm-hmm. but it's hard when you'd have to, and I have to sack up and do it sometime. But you'd have to spend so much time <laughs> training each individual person on what these things are to be done. Sure, yeah. but instead, I'm just like, well, I know how to do it. I'll just do it. Right. I'll just knock it out. Um, so this year, four weeks out, I was like really stressed out. Yeah, yeah. Because we didn't have many people signed up. Like, I didn't even have all the workouts put together yet. But I'd already had like some registration, mm-hmm. and people are like, "Hey, when are the workouts going to be released?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I don't even have them made yet. Like, I can't release them." Um, so like, I'm in the gym personally testing workouts like two weeks prior, making sure that the uh-huh. time caps and the equipment and the setup is all right. Um, of which I really enjoy doing that stuff. Um. So it it got to a point, and I won't use the word depression because it wasn't that, but I got kind of so low on myself about it this year uh-huh. that I was like, maybe next year we'll do it as a partner competition to kind of spice things up a little bit, change it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's ran its course. There are enough other competitions happening now in the world of CrossFit in Middle Tennessee yeah, that yeah, I was like, sure. maybe, maybe it's just like kind of over, right? Well... The day happened, the event came, it was so amazing, <laughs> I loved every bit of it. This year, I got back on the microphone to run the announcements uh-huh. for the whole event, um, alongside with my buddy Nick, who got in there for a little bit. Um, it was such a great day. We did some really cool stuff. Um, we had a two-mile run on the Greenway, but it started two miles away from the gym, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like run out oh, back. so you had to run to the gym. No, we... we pulled everyone in we put them all in a big van oh and we carpooled them two miles away but okay. they didn't know where they were going uh-huh they didn't know well they knew there was a run but it was That's more so than a two mile drive it you. was very and it was amazing so <laughs> when the guys went i piled in with them and they were i think it was 20 or 22 grown men in basically a church van yeah yeah uh, that's supposed to hold 12 15. or 15 yeah <laughs> So anyway, so like we did some really cool stuff. We had this awesome like last man standing snatch ladder. So Oh cool. Stuff that I hadn't seen in any like local comp. You know, mm-hmm. it's stuff you see at like higher levels. Things. Right, right. Um, but because I had so much fun and I enjoyed it so much, mm-hmm. the competition was over and I was immediately like, see you guys next year. Yeah, yeah. Individual competition year nine. Yeah. Um <laughs> And one of my friends, he said, uh, he was like, well, dude, you're this close. You might as well do it for 10 years before you make any changes. So I'm like, all right, maybe in year 11, you'll see a partner comp or a team mm. thing. But yeah. 
until then, like this last year got me fired up so much. Like it's cool. still going to be individual next year. Yeah. And I, I love it. It's so you got to start training people in October. Yeah. To help you out. Yes. Then. That's what it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. Um, as the gym's grown, I've been super fortunate to go from years ago, I was pulling random people doing CrossFit at other gyms mm. in to help us to judge. Help yeah. And I don't recall last year, but I know this year, every single person, I believe, was from CrossFit Rampage. Oh, that's great. That, that yeah. was on the staff volunteering. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's great because then all the weeks leading up to it, like I see them all the time. It's easy to communicate mm-hmm. with them. I know them personally. Um, they don't feel awkward coming mm-hmm. in to help because like I'm the guy that runs the place they work yeah. out at anyhow. Um, so yeah, that's been great. And I, well, I and here's the deal with a couple of that, like yeah. having been to a bunch of competitions at this point, um, is people one because you run a tight ship because it's run, ran well. Your volunteers are plugged in and focused the whole time. Yeah. There's been other ones that haven't been run so well. The the volunteers just die. Yeah. At some point, and all of a sudden, you're looking around and being like, "We need t- ten judges." Like, oh yeah, they're all gone. I've been there. But your your group was like in it to win it. Like they were engaged. They were there the whole time. They kind of remembered people yeah. along the way because you're kind of judging the, uh, similar people, and it it was great. Yeah. Like, you know, because of your tight ship that you run and because of the volunteers that you have already communicated with that were part of your, your bunch already, like it was great. Yeah. You know? And, and honestly, like it makes a big difference. We, we talk about it and we kind of like hype it up at the gym as the, that time of the year is coming about mm-hmm. as like the thing to do. Yeah. And I used to always kind of feel bad about like when people would volunteer, I'm like, Oh man, like they're going to spend eight hours of their day coming out to like, count reps on people exercising yeah but what i've seen is i do have a handful now of repeat judges every year and it's almost like they look forward to it they're like yeah i enjoy it like it's Mm -hmm. so great like i'll come out i get a t-shirt i get some food from paleo works at lunch i I don't have to do that yeah Yeah. if they're a girl they get to see all these shirtless guys if they're a guy they get to see all these girls in these sports bras and they're like this is a great day forget about the booty shorts yes and the shorts available at barbell voodoo (laughs) yes um (laughs) So so we kind of hype it up around the gym like, hey, guys, this is like one of the things outside of our doors that Cross and Rampage is most well known for in mm-hmm. like Tennessee. So we need your help. Are you willing to help? Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, if the gym you go to, like you kind of love that place, mm-hmm. you know, for at least CrossFit anyways. Like I don't see people oh, yeah. repping Planet Fitness that hard. But um, oh, those stickers though on their well, cars, true. everywhere. Yes, yeah, so the gear and the yellow and the purple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it a thumbs up? What is it? I think or, something is it a, like I don't that. Know I don't know. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people like they jump on board. They're like, oh yeah, like what's the date? How do I sign up? Like, uh-huh. let me That's go. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the same way that I coach and I teach my other coaches to coach, like we try to instill that in our judges for that day. Uh-huh. Um, that it's like. Guys, if it's questionable, it's not a rep. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a competition. People win and people lose. It's not all, like, high fives and hugs. Like, if it mm-hmm. didn't hit the target, if it didn't lock out, like, right. this is your responsibility to tell them no. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just be confident because yeah. you're going to back up whatever it is anyways, yeah. regardless. Right. And, and I tell yeah. them, I say, hey, you have the power to make that decision mm-hmm. in the moment because there is no instant replay. So... I can't come over and override something I didn't see, or mm-hmm. neither can you know Molly or whoever. Um, so I think you know all those conversations I have with all our volunteer judges leading up to it. It really helps set the standard for like, 
okay, this is going to be ran as well as possible. There yeah. will be human error. There will be people that get caught up in the moment and you know, miss a count or something. Sure. But that's how it is. Um, but I do pride CrossFit Rampage on mm-hmm. running a pretty good competition. Well, and they seem capable and willing to call it. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, there's nothing more frustrating than being in a competition where, where you have certain judges that aren't calling. Yeah. You know, and, and I understand there are some calls that I won't agree with as you oh, know, yeah. being involved with. That's fine. That's going to happen. But man, when there's consistency going across where you're like, that person is, I mean, that lane has not squatted all day. Like, yes. I don't care who's in it. That lane is not doing oh, anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's nothing more frustrating. But. Yeah, and and you know while while we're on that topic of people doing stuff wrong, as far as their reps and stuff, like if you're you coach, yeah, mm-hmm. if if you're a coach, a gym owner, like guys, uphold those standards in your classes at your gym. Yeah, because here's my immediate thought: is when someone's let's say a wall ball and they're squatting high. I doubt that person is doing it on purpose because they think, oh, I'm getting away with it and the judge right. hasn't seen it. They're doing Can't it. Can't wait to mark this on the whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah They're no, doing it not. because someone at their home gym that they've been training at for the past mm-hmm. year or two never told them it didn't count. Right. So it's like in a competition, it's for whoever's competing, they're kind of a direct reflection of their gym. Mm-hmm. And I even take pride in how our average class member moves. Sure. Now you got to understand some people cannot lock their elbows up. Yeah, some people issues, cannot yeah. squat that low. Absolutely. But if you're competing, let your judge know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But if like if I see you warming up with your air squats, like you know sitting down on your heels over in the side, mm-hmm. and then you're doing wall balls high, well that's because someone's been letting you do that at your gym, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. so yeah, I mean the judge should call it, but if they don't, then it's just as much your fault that. Yeah. Some spectator out there is pissed about it. Well, and a great way to institute that if for boxes that are a little more lenient yeah. or like user friendly, maybe they, they would say. Whatever. <laughs> um, is like the open. Yeah. You know, where you're teaching your people to judge. You're also holding each other accountable to standards. And it's a great time to kind of say, hey, we're going to try to keep these standards al- along the way and we're going to yeah. have people call that. But at the same time in the open, you also have people that are squatting to their ability. Yes. And so you you talk about that ahead of time and go, okay, great. I know what what's going on and what I'm watching. Yeah. I realize that you know you're not competing for one of the open spots going to the games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, this is okay. Yeah. Um but it's a great opportunity, I would think, for for boxes that may feel like they're a little more lenient on that. Oh yeah, for sure. To be like, hey, this is this is a good time. So. Yeah. And and for anyone, you know, whether you're competing to any degree, even if it's just like inside your gym or mm-hmm. you're a coach or you want to help judge, like Go spend the $10 and do that CrossFit Judges course. Yeah. Yeah, it's long and it's tedious and your computer's going to freeze oh, and you're going to have to reboot it. But you're going to learn quite a bit because uh-huh. you're going to have to purposely look for like what is right yep. and wrong. And you'll probably even learn something about yourself mm-hmm. and you'll be like, oh, shoot, I think I do that. Yeah. And they said that that's a no rep on this video. Uh-huh. So I've yeah. done it for the last couple of years yeah. and I always get hung up on one question. Do you want to know which one it is? I would love to know which one it is. It's the double undercounting. Oh, yeah. It is the worst. Oh, my gosh. It is the worst. I, I've had so much trouble with some of those counting videos on that course oh, that oh my gosh. I've been convinced that they were wrong. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, I've did this like five times, uh-huh. and I got like 27. And I write down my answers yes. now because after so many years of doing it, I'm just like writing it down like, and like trying oh, yeah. to factor in, like do math. I'm like, okay, if it wasn't this and it wasn't that, it's gonna, yeah. I got to be close, you know, within yeah. one. 
And if, oh. if you're going out there and do it, you can it's not cheat, but if you fail something, you're gonna have to go back and redo it. Yeah. You're gonna have to go back and redo all the questions leading up to the one you missed. So you might consider writing down the right answers of the questions you already got right, because you're gonna have to yeah. go back through them. But it, you'll get hung up on those counting ones, and yeah. that sucks. Yeah, and, and when you have the, to fill in the blank of how many. Oh my gosh! And the the, the muscle up lockout, the guy that like oh, he like yeah. kind of falls back really fast. Yes. Oh, and you, you're like, oh, do you count it? Do you not? It's uh-huh. so close. Oh, it's it's, it's bad. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, crosser competition. It's hard out there, guys. But it is a great. It's a great judging course. It's super easy to do, and you get a cute little certificate. I know, right? Yeah. Perfect. And little did people know that there are other online CrossFit courses. Mm-hmm. There's a anatomy course. There's a I think a running course. There there's is, yeah. a coach's like timeline organization. I think mm-hmm. a class management course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a seeing the fault course. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, I, I noticed that. One. I sound really educated. I looked at these yesterday. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've looked at them before. Um, I hadn't seen that one. Yeah, there's a lot of really neat ones out there. Yeah, um, that you can just do and your convenience. Yeah, I've got cool. so I've got two interns that actually they finished their. Probably within the next thirty minutes, they're across at level one this weekend in Nashville. Oh, cool! Um, anyways, oh, the test. Oh, good yeah. luck. So, so they still have they still have about two months left on this internship program that okay. I created. I'm really pumped about it. Um, however, so I was just looking at those online courses because mm-hmm. I think that's something I could add into that internship program. Yeah. Now, each course I think is like sixty bucks. The anatomy one I think is like one hundred and twenty. But like that for the interns or even for a current coach, like. Mm-hmm. That could be something that would be very beneficial if the owner could provide that to the coach as just continuing education. Yeah. Um, so like, hey, this is on me. You know, go do this. You know, up your game a little bit. And mm-hmm. I love that CrossFit's providing that. Yeah. Because years ago, like, if you want to be a coach, like, all you could do is go coach. Right. Right. But now there's other resources, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real cool. All right. So r- real quickly, so you, how 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 do you how do you approach programming? That's what I like a lot. Like to know, like, is there a unique thing that you kind of or process that you do when you think about programming for your your gym? Um, no, so not necessarily a process. Um, so I, I'll give you a highlight of what the program for my gym for the last eight years has been. Is this like a model like that you use? And no, 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 no. Just real quick. So for the past seven and a half years, I wrote. Every single workout, and we'll get into like the how, but like I wrote every single yeah. workout, and I was very biased against like copying someone else's stuff. Um, okay, because the mindset there is like my demographic at my CrossFit gym might not be the same as yours down the street, mm. so maybe okay, maybe it doesn't make sense for me to program muscle ups every single week if we have three people out of you know a hundred plus that can do them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, so I wrote my own workouts for seven and a half years, um, and. About, I guess now it's been seven months ago, I decided one day, Ryan Fisher that runs CrossFit Chalk out in California, okay, he's gotten really popular on the Instagrams over the past, I guess, year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just kind of been following his stuff, and I always see these crazy looking workouts that he would do, but you could never find them anywhere. Oh, um, okay. And he put out some discount code for like, because he uses Wattify at his gym, and he was mm-hmm. like... With this discount code, you can look at my gym's workouts for this price for a month. And I was like, screw it. I just want to see what the workouts are and yeah. you know, check them out. And 
I really have always enjoyed getting ideas from other people. Mm-hmm. Like I've always looked at so many other gyms' websites and other yeah. people's Instagrams. Or if I see someone post a cool workout, I'll screenshot it or write it down, and I might use that exact workout, or I might you know get an idea from it. Mm-hmm. So this is not me saying I've created from scratch every workout for seven and a half years because there's plenty. Like if you do a cool workout, and I'm like, cool, let's do that at the gym next Tuesday. Like yeah. we might do it, but I've never copied someone's template mm-hmm. until. This past July, so I looked at these oh, cool. these yeah. CrossFit chalk workouts, and they were drastically different in nature. And what was neat about it was the way things were paired, the time intervals, the equipment, some of that stuff. It was stuff that I realized I would have never dreamt of. Oh yeah, because I realized like I was kind of focused on this one lane, uh-huh. right? Kind of like I don't know if you're a painter, like you paint certain ways or certain mm-hmm. scenes like even though it might look really creative maybe it's always the same thing yeah and so, yeah you might lack certain bias yes in focuses so yeah. i got to looking at these workouts that they were doing at crossfit chalk and i was like you know what just for one week mm-hmm. just to see how it feels i'm gonna copy monday through saturday and we're gonna do it at the gym yeah People might not even notice because it's CrossFit and they're going to go hard and sweat and lift weights, whatever. <laughs> but it's going to look a little different. Yeah. Well, I I did it that week and people loved it. They were like, dude, that workout on Monday was really cool or whatever. Uh-huh. And I'll get into why they're a little different in a minute. So I was like, well, let's do another week. Well, and I I bought that thing for like a month. So I was like, well, we'll just run it for the month. Mm-hmm. Well, the month was up and it was one of those things where if – you had to put your credit card information in. If you didn't cancel it, it charged yeah. you again. Yeah. So on my bank statement, I see like, you know, another 20 bucks came out or whatever. No big deal. And I was like, well, shoot, I got this for another month. Let's <laughs> Look at run that. with it. Yeah. So that was six months ago. <laughs> um, and $120 later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but what, still a deal though. But oh. what, a couple things I started to realize, this was a good learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. One is... And now, don't get me wrong. I was still tweaking every single day. It wasn't okay. like copy paste, forget it. Mm-hmm. It was copy paste, adjust, analyze, look at, see what needs to change in order for it to fit our people. But it wasn't me with a cursor blinking in an empty screen trying to type up a workout. Sure. So yeah. I, I was still definitely adjusting it for our people. Um, and then like we have some equipment they don't use, like sandbags and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't run a lot. I like to run when it's warmer. So so I was still tweaking it. Mm. But one thing it was doing big time was it started saving me so much time. And it was a program that was still working and it fit our yeah. people, especially with my adjustments, uh-huh. very well. They were enjoying it, and it was a good change. Mm. And the change was this. Usually the second part of our classes, we do some sort of strength piece, and it's normally how strength typically typically looks in most settings. It's five sets of three back squats, either across at 85%, you rest mm-hmm. or you go every two and a half minutes, or it's start at you know, 75% build each time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a relaxed strength session, you know? You get all your rest breaks in. Well... The way he would approach things would be, let's use that same five by three back squat, but it would be every three minutes, 10 cal bike, seven toe to bar, three back squats, building on the back squats. And you still have a minute and a half break in there or whatever. Mm -hmm. So your main focus is still five sets of three back squats, but you're coming into every set 
really fatigued because yeah. you did a 10 cal bike sprint, seven toes to bar, whatever. Or sometimes it might be flopped. It might be like, do three heavy cleaning jerks, and then I want you to row max calories in 60 seconds. Oh. And you're going to redo that every three minutes. So it became like a strength interval, kind of mm-hmm. like an interval weight training-ish. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be now the strength portion of the class, mm-hmm. but then we would still have your classic CrossFit workout, your 10-minute uh-huh. AMRAP, your chipper, your you know 10 down to one, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Um, and at first, I was like, man, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. still the same time frame. Right. Right. Class is still an hour, but we're getting a lot in. And all of the comments, like the verbal comments in class were like, wow, we already did the workout. We're doing another one. And I'm like, yeah, it's like two hard pieces. But what I learned was our average members were capable of so much more mm. than I was asking them to do before. Yeah. Now that's yeah. not me saying like every day needs to be a 60 second cram packed beat down intensity right. strength always. But it was me basically saying like, wow, this opened my eyes to the fact that like some days we can go harder for longer mm-hmm. and they're going to be fine. And at the end of the day, maybe they got a little more out of it. Yeah. So what's been cool about it is I've did it for six months and then at the beginning of January, the holidays are kind of weird because we have a couple specialty workouts we do, and then everyone's schedules are off. Um, but then at the beginning of January, I did a week of testing. Let's mm-hmm. take the year off with testing, see where all the members are at. And we had just wrapped up eight weeks of doing a squat cycle that came from the CrossFit Chalk program. So we we tested our max. Actually, it was, it was a 5 through one squat bench and uh, push press. So okay. we tested in January. And over some conversations with my wife, Molly, one of my coaches, Mark, they were like, yeah, Corey, like I kind of miss some of the workouts you used to write. Mm-hmm. So it's January now, end of January. And what I've been doing now is still looking at some of the CrossFit chalk workouts for some ideas, but then still getting back to like stuff I would write. Yeah. And I write very classic CrossFit. Five days a week are going to be five completely different days. Mm-hmm. I try not to repeat the same exact movement but maybe the same movement pattern. Like you're going to squat yeah. a couple times. That's fine. Sure. But you're probably not going to do heavy back squats twice in a week. Um, this past week we did do wall balls twice in the same week, but usually you wouldn't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my one of my main things is, I, yeah, I definitely want people to get fit. If you zoom out and look at the entire month of our programming, it should get the average person fitter mm-hmm. in every capacity. You know. Right, right. Um, but then also it needs to be fun. Mm-hmm. Like – you're selling someone a service, and a large portion of that is enjoyment. Because mm-hmm. unlike you or I, there are so many people that have gym memberships, and they don't go because they like it. Yeah. They go because they need to go, mm-hmm. and they know that. So it's then partially my job in the workouts to make them fun and appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, And to not make them look like some like elite-level competition-type workout, mm-hmm. but then also not to make them so easy that people that are good don't want to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's really the hard part. There's no secret to it. Um, well, then you have those elements in there that they suddenly accomplish. Yeah. And they're like, holy crap. Like, I didn't even think, even consider being able to do that when yeah. I walked in this place. And yeah. I just did something awesome. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That was kind of that, when I told you that story about the gym I started at with the CrossFit affiliate in Nashville, mm-hmm. there were never muscle-ups in any workout at the mm-hmm. time bar muscle ups weren't even a thing but it was yeah. just ring muscle ups and i asked the guy that was writing the workouts i was like why don't we ever do muscle ups because like i was new to crossfit i was decently athletic i learned them sort of quick mm-hmm. and i wanted to do them in workouts kind of show off and also just to have fun yeah um he was like well not many people can do them mm-hmm. 
And in my head, I'm like, well, that doesn't justify not programming them because then no one's ever going to want to learn to do them because they never show up. Mm-hmm. Right, like you wouldn't have any need or desire. Right. So, right. so I still occasionally try to plug those things in. Uh-huh. Like in our workout just yesterday morning, our uh, Saturday class, we had handstand push-ups. There were I think fourteen or sixteen people in the class, and there were four people doing handstand push-ups, mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, because I guarantee some of the people not doing them looked at him and said, "Man, I want to be able to do that one yeah. day." But they got to do some kind of progression, yeah, right? Yeah, like, we, you know, we did so dumbbell shoulder overhead. They were able to start working yeah. towards that. Yeah, yeah. so so you got to keep it fun, um, and you have to give just enough for the people who can't do something so they have the desire to do it, so like mm-hmm. they can see it. You've got to be smart with your progressions, um, and it can't be the same thing all the time. I'll get people right. that move into town, they, they start doing CrossFit with us, and they're like, man, this is great. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, your workouts. I'm like... We were just doing CrossFit. And they're like, well, yeah, every class at my gym before was, it was always a 20-minute AMRAP or something. Like I had a a guy recently, he just moved here, and he said every single class, they would do a six-rep strength piece. And it was the same... Really? It was the same movement the same day of the week every week. Okay. Like so, Snatch Monday would yeah. always be that. Yeah. yeah. Six reps. Yeah. And now granted, he was only there for a few months, so he even admitted, he's like, maybe it was just a cycle they were doing, but it was yeah. really weird because it was two months long. Um, <laughs> and then he also said that their foundations program was 45 minutes, one time with a PVC pipe, you learned every movement. Yeah. And I'm like, people are still doing that? It's 2000, what is it now, 19? Yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. And people are still doing that. Um but anyway, so that comes back to the programming. Like, it doesn't have to look like Wadapalooza. Right. It doesn't have to look like the CrossFit Games, but it also shouldn't look like fundamentals. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, something I heard just recently on a, a the Chris Spieler podcast, the Icon Athlete, uh, they were talking about writing workouts for people, and I'm stealing this from them. They said, you have to write and do a lot of CrossFit. And that is something I have done. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've like, you know, starting in 2010, I've been doing CrossFit for almost a decade. I've done so many workouts. I've written workouts for my gym for that yeah. long. I've written it for so many individuals. I do all of our foundation stuff. Like I've done and wrote a lot of CrossFit workout and I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's where you kind of learn. Like people ask me, how'd you know what the time tap time cap was going to be? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I looked at it. I'm like, well, your work on your board said this and, it's like I could just kind of tell, right? And it's yeah. just from doing a lot of it, yeah. And you can kind of see like what makes sense and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you'll screw up and you'll be like, "Oh God, I didn't realize that uh-huh. was going to happen." Like these two movements you put together, and you just didn't see. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you've done it a lot, you can put together some pretty cool workouts that most people are going to get jazzed up about doing, mm-hmm. and they're going to feel great after they got done. Yeah. And not every day has to be a beatdown, so you got to know like. When do we do a four quality day or a strength only day? And you can mm-hmm. mix those things in there as sure, needed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. don't think that just following CrossFit.com is going to be, especially now, they changed it if you're not mm-hmm. aware. Yeah. Um, but don't think that that's going to be sufficient for your members Very different. to be pleased. Yeah. Like they, they don't want to come in and do just five by five press. Yeah. To, uh, Two of my good friends, one of them are actually our coach, um, they said they dropped into a gym in Florida earlier this summer and they paid 20 bucks each for a drop-in. So combined, they spent 40 bucks. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's Florida. They probably are getting a lot of tourists. And I forget exactly what they said, but I think the workout was seven by two push press. Really? 
Like that was the 60 minute class. Yeah. It's so like, there was, there was a box that I went to in Washington, DC and they have split out their days where they'll have, I think it was like Tuesday, Thursday were just strength days. Yeah. And so like you'd come in and work, um, like really, I think we worked a press, like worked to a heavy press one day. Yeah. Um, cause I was there for a week and then they do a Metcon on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, something like that. Yeah. And so they had like totally split no strength on Monday, Wednesday and Friday yeah. at all. Um, and it was so weird to me. Yes. But the coolest thing about them, their coaches were so prepared and on top of every member's numbers that that when they walked in, they said, you know, like Fred, you're at this and I want to see you progress. And we're going to get a, we're going to get a one rep max today. That's going to be a a PR for you. Oh yeah. That's awesome. We're going to do this. And so every person they knew, and they even like before class, like we'd sit down and they're like, you know, what's your max? And I was like, you know, it's this. And so great. Let's, we'll start you out here. And I just, just followed along with what they said, what they said. And it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. But then I walked away just being like, yeah, that was kind of expensive to go do a workout. Yeah. Like, like, especially <laughs> if it was, PR. <laughs> it was just some strength work. I maybe could have went and did that on my own at your yeah. 24 hour fitness. Um, which yeah. I realize they're not catering to me, right. but, um, but yeah. I've seen that a little bit lately. Uh, there was a couple of other boxes that I was looking at before, um, not in Washington, but uh, in other areas that I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe this is a thing now that, yeah. that people are doing more of. I, I don't like it. Um, I don't either. Um, we have new programming now. Uh, Will Morad's doing our programming yeah. now. And like he suddenly, when he took over, our classes are full, like yeah. full of stuff. And I have loved it. Like um, full like of working out or content. people? Oh, okay. Like Stop. Content. You did. Yeah. Okay. And so we have like, you know, a pretty good warm up. And we have a strength portion of, yeah. and a Metcon, um, all of which kind of building and, and playing with each other in really unique ways. Yeah. Um, but it's just full. Like it's just a lot of, a lot of yeah. work and I've loved every minute of it. Oh yeah. Um, and so I, I enjoy the full class. Like, like you were talking about, you know, like just, just a little bit more stuff and you're like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff fit in here. Yeah. And like the email that went out to the coaches was you're going to have to be on top of time. You're going to have to be careful, yeah. you know? And yeah, you do, but it's, it's a lot of fun, yeah. you know, to do it that way. There's an intensity, there's a drive, there's an excitement that comes along with that. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, we're going to do a, a five minute Metcon and 45 minute strength portion, you know, kind of thing right. where you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. But yeah. Um, but anyways. Yeah. And, and I feel like our classes are very much like that. Like I hate to admit it, but most of our classes, especially mine personally, my coach mm-hmm. Marissa makes fun of me about this all the time. My classes usually go over like five to 10 minutes. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but we, we have a 15 minute buffer between all of the oh, classes. Yeah. Then it's not if, a problem. Yeah. If you, if you're listening to this and you run a CrossFit gym, that in my opinion, is one of the best logistical changes I ever made. Okay. I put 15 minutes between the classes. Oh, nice. Now, yeah, it's a little weird when you first do it because the people uh-huh. that are used to coming at 4, now they got to come at 3.45 and they're going to like be a little off schedule, but it helps so much. Yeah. Anyways, I often I feel bad when my classes run over because people expect to be here for an hour, but then I got to think, I'm like, they just got their money's worth. Like I get yeah. more. They're getting bonus. Yeah, they're getting extra stuff. Yeah. Um, not that I purposely try to go over, and I don't. I don't say that I should. <laughs> it should be an hour. Um, but I don't go over because I was late starting or because I was like screwing around. Like mm-hmm. I go over because I was coaching or I was giving them more insight on like the workout or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, going back, I want to talk on that real quick. That like a strength only day, mm-hmm. but you know it's going to happen every week. 
there's definitely some big downsides to that because a lot of people can only make it to the gym three days a week. Yeah. So now they got to pick and choose. Do I want to work on my strength or do I want to work on my conditioning? And yeah, you can say, well, your average person, they can get fitter by doing strength once a week, conditioning twice a week. It's like, all right, well, can't it work where I have the class do strength and conditioning in the same day? Mm-hmm. And then what if in three days that same person can get three times the strength and three times the conditioning? Yeah. And it still makes sense and it's safe and it fits their, you know, their abilities. Mm-hmm. And then also, what if the person so you said they did something on like a Tuesday, right? I think it was something what, like that. Yeah. Let's pretend that it was on a Tuesday. Um, well, let's say you've got a member that really wants to come, but Tuesday just can't mm-hmm. work for them. They yeah. work late. they got to pick their kid up from gymnastics, and they can't come in the morning because whatever. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to miss every single week mm-hmm. the yeah. thing that they want to come to. So instead, I tell our members when new people ask, like, well, is there a certain day I need to come to if I want to squat? I'm like, no, we might squat on Monday. We might not squat heavy this week. We might squat on Wednesday. Like, just... Show up, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you write down your workouts for a whole month and look back at it, you will have squatted plenty, and you will have <laughs> yeah. went over 20 minutes a handful of times. You will uh-huh. have practiced double-unders and pull-ups plenty of times. You will have gotten it all Yeah, because it's not set like this week we do this thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's cool. What? That's awesome. Any So the last thing that you, you have to give a shout-out to is uh, you know this new area of your life. Of being married now, me, me and the the Molly Acres that still semi wants to go by Molly Jackal, but um, yeah, no. So being married is great. Yeah. Um, what what can I say about it? you know? Not a lot has changed. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I talk to people that are married and they make it sound like the day after the wedding, like everything's <laughs> supposed to be different. <laughs> the I'm veil like, is torn down. And, I'm like, well, oh, it's all shot to hell. I'm like. <laughs> Everything like our dogs are still there. The mortgage is still the same. Like we still have the same jobs. Like everything's the same. It does feel better. Um, I I really like knowing like what I'm doing with my life is now even for something bigger than just me. It's for my wife, and then for in the future a family that we might have that extends beyond two dogs. and it's really cool now that she works at Rampage full-time. She was able to leave her desk job. What's it been? Maybe six months now. I forget what the date was. Um, yeah. But so she was able to leave that. So it, I do really enjoy saying, like, yeah, me and my wife run the business. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like before, even when she was coaching but working full-time at another job, um, she didn't really feel like it was hers. Mm-hmm. I still felt like the whole thing was mine. But now... I, I thoroughly enjoy saying like, yeah, you know, me and my wife, we that's run cool. Rampage. So, yeah. so that's really cool. Um, other than that, man, not a lot has changed. We still haven't went on our honeymoon yet and it's been a couple months, but, <laughs> oh, no. but that's, that's gym owner life. Yeah. Um, yeah. but things are looking good for the future of the business since I got, you know, two more coaches coming on board. Oh, good. A lot of systems being put into place. Um, a lot of growth we've had. So things are getting set up so that we should be able to go on that sometime later this year and yeah. have a great time with it. Well, yeah, I guess that would be the disadvantage to both of you being employed yeah. there. Oh, yeah. getting away. Yeah, I wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And, and not having another full-time coach. Mm-hmm. So now, like, even mm-hmm. if we want to take just a Friday, Monday off, then yeah. it's like, we might not have someone to cover that noon class because either her or I cover it. Yeah. But with, you know, the addition of some of these new coaches, I think we'll be able to have every class covered if we needed it to be. Yeah, sure. Regardless of the time of day. Um, so, uh yeah, married life is great. Jim's cool. going great. 
Everything's good. Yeah, I think I think the change, you know, like you're talking about, like nothing changed, is probably uh, you know uh, a, a clear indication of how you were in a relationship in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I think change change when people are shocked that like, oh wait, I didn't know about this. Yeah, if they moved you know? into it to the other person's house for the first time, like yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't imagine that. Like not living with them before well, the... just honesty and oh, yeah. like everything's open, you know, because if if people are still holding on to like stuff and all of a sudden they have to like be like, Oh yeah. And there's this. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mention that before. Yeah. You know, that, that can cause some, some problems, but yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, running a business together. Cause then it's like, Oh, Oh, this money, you know, when it comes to like finance stuff, like, well, this money is being spent on these things in the business. And Uh now you're sharing that with somebody else. And they need to know because they're running it with you. So, right. yeah. so yeah, that's something some people might not have to deal with if they have different jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you, sir. Um, we think that's great. Um, one last shout out, shout out slash humble brag is um, when you guys came and did uh, the competition that was out at that thing. Oh gosh, what was it? It was the. Uh, they had the red shirt and the white virtuosity challenge. Oh yeah! When you guys showed up with those <laughs> black shirts and the gold gorilla, oh, I should have wore that rampage. <laughs> you know that 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 we printed for you. Um, it was awesome. That like, those were the coolest shirts that I've ever seen a posse show up with anywhere, and and like so much so when I went to we went to another competition in um, Panama City. Um, I went with with CrossFit Combustion down yeah. there because that's that's where I started CrossFit. Yeah, and and we uh, had shirts made that were like red with black, oh, like cool. trying to just like yeah. just be as cool as those shirts were. And it's tough to hang with black and gold, <laughs> like it that that those colors. I was the way excited looked, about that. Yeah, it looked awesome, and, and it's a little bit of a humble brag of the barbell voodoo, but yeah. You know, I, I'm assuming we didn't think of it. Like, that, that's probably an idea from you, but... Yeah, people ask me, they're like, who does your shirts? As in, like, who comes up with them? And yeah, yeah. the answer is me. Yeah. Like, who did your website? Me. It who does your Instagram? So me. God, it looks so good. Yeah. Like, all day, I was just like, those are awesome looking shirts. And, like, people, like, from, from your gym are just like, why do you keep telling me that? Like, that's so weird. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Just, just what is the <laughs> It's the first time we've ever made, like, gym shirts for any event. Yeah. And yeah. the reason was, like, normally we would get anywhere from two to eight people on the like the high end to yeah. sign up for an event and for some reason it was just a perfect series of you know things where <laughs> people just kept signing up for that yeah and they're like hey core do you think i can do this like me and so and so want to do it i'm like sure there's a scaled division let's do it yeah and then once i realized we had over 20 i was like we've mm-hmm. got to do shirts oh yeah yeah so yeah. oh that that was those were that sweet. was a lot of fun those are so sweet shirts very cool well anyways well thanks for being on here absolutely my pleasure um, people can find you um, on the IG you got Corey Akers Corey with a K um, and you have at CrossFit Rampage is your other one right Any anywhere else people yeah. can shout out to you if they're interested in any of the competitions we do our competition Instagram is at well there's at Rampage Christmas Throwdown right I yeah. know it's a lot and then there's also at Rampage Scaled Comp, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I believe that that's right. Um, and because to market in this day and age for competitions, like Instagram's where it's at. Yeah. So I just put all the information. If you're interested on like, well, what you said the Scaled Comp's going to be moved. What's the date? It'll be on the Instagram page. Yeah. Um, you know, where do we find the workouts? They'll be linked through the Instagram page, mm-hmm. all that. Um, and then 
I'm doing a podcast, but it's not necessarily like a for the public. You can listen to it if you're just a CrossFit goer at a gym somewhere, uh-huh. but it's more so directed specifically to the members of my gym. So it's on iTunes now. It's called Rampage All Day. And my, <laughs> my mindset behind that all was... All day, all night. Yes. Um. So I just wanted to have a way to talk to my all the members of the gym about educational related things that could help their fitness journey out oh, that's cool. when coming to the gym. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is why you should know your numbers. This is how you should contact the gym if you need to change your membership. Just like literally informative stuff regarding CrossFit Rampage yeah. to the CrossFit Rampage members. Uh-huh. That's not to say someone else from another gym couldn't listen in on it. They're all like 10 minutes or less okay. and get some information. But this is not me saying like, oh, yeah, we got this podcast. I'm trying to like take over iTunes with it because that's not it. Right. Um, it's so a good anyways, way to communicate though. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll find myself at the beginning of a class wanting to just talk to the members about uh-huh. stuff for 10 minutes. Yeah. But I'm like, they don't, they're not here for that. Yeah. You so got to disseminate just, some yeah. kind of communication. Now I'll record it and just, you know, put it out there. And if they want to listen, then they can. It's a good idea. Cool. Yeah. That's great. So, so that's about it. All right. Thanks for coming. Deal. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. On your way out, please take time to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review if you've liked what you've heard. And also, leave us a comment. Let us know what's going on with you. If you don't mind, stop on Instagram. Give us a little like on the IG at Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Also, you can find me there at fitby40.blog. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.